time just such a great fantastic movie that is just so different than anything else that came out this year and i loved it I can't multitask. It's like a dead giveaway. I can't either. I was. That's why I'm not really listening to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dave, I just want to clarify that you're talking about doing another crow edit. Only sort of. I'll eat and if it gets caught it, it just is like it's back to my hanging ball like I gotta pull it out and then oh, like the, you know like sounds horrendous yeah it's awful and terrible and it's a fight every day to keep it <laughs> are live welcome to episode 61 of long long short drink holy shit after this is our first episode back after our uh winter hiatus holiday hiatus right yeah I like that oh, alliteration man. yeah uh i am palmer uh broadcasting to you podcasting to you whatever you want to say from dayton ohio and this is dave doing the same from northfield minnesota all right. Are you up to two viewers? Ah, welcome. Three viewers. Hi, hello. Oh, jeez. They're hey. ticking up already, huh? All right. <laughs> All right. Oh, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just smashed my teeth into the microphone. Jeez. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Chip a tooth right. on that thing. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, we haven't. Um, I mean, for us, it's like a couple happy of Happy New Year, man. Years. Yeah. Happy New, happy New Year to you as well. Um, we talked for just a few minutes prior to going live about, you know, more private stuff, I guess you could say. The very few things we don't share with our listeners. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we haven't actually really talked outside of a few short texts in, what it be? What? Like, almost over a month. Or, yeah, a little bit over yeah. a month. Because I don't think yeah. we recorded in December. Well, we're, like, both of us outside of this show are ridiculously busy. It, it um we it, we're doing our own thing and i mean we're also halfway across the country so it's not like dave and i get to hang out on the weekends or uh i mean the last time i saw him in person was uh for episode nine in des moines and before that it was 2015 the same year that i quit yeah. smoking like uh when ash and i went to visit uh him and the bride in uh minnesota so um it really I, I remember early on and when we were recording, we use, I used to feel really apologetic, like, oh, we only talk on the episode. I don't want to talk about these things outside because they would make great stuff about the show. But then I think it kind of got to the point where it was like, yeah, that's okay. Cause we get like, we do, we realized how cathartic the show was. So yeah. Yeah. We yeah, just kind of just for us to keep in yeah. touch. <laughs> yeah. Everything else is so, gravy. <laughs> yeah. And we have a good, we do have a good thread um with the rest of the cast that mm -hmm. we kind of regularly or semi-regularly will will banter with everybody on which is awesome so we communicate that way but yeah 
we have not talked for yeah for about a month other than yeah. just like happy holidays and a couple of things on the on the thread uh with the cast members so yeah so i think we're gonna catch up a little and then talk about some of our favorite respective things of 2018 2018 yeah all my pleasure and dave's digs <laughs> roundup or so, i don't know i was trying to figure out what to call it <laughs> I, I actually this oh, is ahead, like sorry. so so not additional i hand wrote it and then took a picture with my phone i just keep getting older oh, i like that's i just keep cool. aging like a decade like every Every no, that's like a combo brain. of old and new technology. I like that. And, well, and then what really did it was I changed my mind on the last one. So then I used the edit feature on the iPhone to like in my finger to scratch out the last one and then write what I wanted to replace it with. Ooh, so that is very cool. Yeah, very cool. You know, what can I say? I was literally having a lot of trouble, like figuring out how I was going to do it, like how I was going to write this to do this stuff and i started like i got note cards out at one point i started to write a note card i'm like i have a different color note card for media of like books and i was like wait now and then i i did i did write some things down in my long walk short drink notebook oh it's beautiful <laughs> and that was kind of all i did actually i didn't i kind of numbered one through ten and then just kind of filled stuff in as i went through i do keep this like of course i do this running tally of media that I consume movies, TV series. You list everything that you consume like throughout, like every time I, you consume something new or every, like yeah. what if it's like you're like eighth time watching something? Oh, no, no, I won't put, even if okay. it's the second time, I don't mention that. Okay. It's just new stuff. Um, and I did, the, I, I think I, I started doing it a little bit before the show, but then the show made it sort of help to where I could look back. I don't do it just for the show. I do it because I'm a weirdo, but yeah, it, I just started going through it and like highlighting things it was surprising to me how easily in some ways my list came together it wasn't like i had to cut things out i was very surprised about that i just used the criteria of what will i be what will i remember most fondly and be likely to revisit in years to come and that i think really that because if i did like top 10 movies that came out this year it'd be a very different thing in fact spoilers i don't have any single movie <laughs> that Whoa. came out this year as one of my top 10 things i have no that's not movies. true that's not true never mind sorry oh okay. almost true almost true though <laughs> i have mostly movies i the one i scratched off because i just could not come up with the 10th thing there oh that's some... interesting you actually had trouble getting to 10 yeah well there were some that like i were like that's definitely going to be on there and that got me to like six maybe and those last four were kind of stretches. Like I had to go like, just look at like film releases from the year and uh, stuff like that. I really didn't even have anything old that I just discovered this year uh, to really put on there. So, um, but yeah, one of them was morning Joe just because Ash and I oh, listened yeah. to that just because of the way it, it, it impact it was like kind of like a soundtrack from our life uh recently yeah, and like yeah. influenced like mika's name and uh <laughs> yeah. we'd laugh about it on our way into work and stuff like that but hey scratch that off it's not on there because oh, i replaced okay. it with something that, that was, was that's actually better yeah because it's no no spoilers <laughs> yeah um i thought i don't know what i thought it was going to be and i actually i uh, just really did it this afternoon so <laughs> uh, it's all very fresh and then ultimately i made a i did a a spreadsheet 
Nice. I did all kinds of different uh, media, uh, I suppose. Um, but um, before we get into that, I do want to catch up, and uh, I also would like to crack a, a yes, beverage if you've got one. Yeah. Um, I have... Uh, I've got this... Um, what you got? Indeed, a stir... An Indeed Porter. Sorry, I'm holding up the wrong side of it. Indeed is the brewery. Uh, too much glare. Porter is the is the type of brew, and um, we right. had a lot of dinner guests recently. <laughs> and I've I've done a great job over the last like six <laughs> to pat myself on the back six to eight nine months or whatever, cutting back on just how often I would have alcohol. Uh, and so part of the success of that is not having it in the house because just by nature, if like if it, if I can consume it, like if I can eat yep. or drink it. If it's in front of me, that's going to happen. <laughs> um, anyway, but so they these people they can, they keep bringing like stuff and leaving it here, and I, even if I'm like, hey, you got to take that with you. They yeah. Well, we had someone over who I <laughs> I must have got to that soon enough to where she did, but um, there was this variety pack, and I was like, I will take one of those for my podcast tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so. And I had one of them uh, during the dinner last night, and it was delicious. So the Indeed Brewing Company, I believe it's from St. Paul. The Porter's crazy that's my Porter. favorite beer, and it's Porter season. The winter is is Porter yeah. time. So yeah, in fact, I I have two of them. Um, but the bride also that's the only kind of beer she really likes. So yeah, she's gonna have the other. Um, and Shout you have out to uh, Broadman too for joining yeah. us. They, uh, they're on the chat as well. It's a wave, I think. Yeah. Total. <laughs> Very nice of you to join We're up us. We're up to five viewers, so thank you to all five of Wicked. our viewers for joining right. us. Um, well, do you have anything of note that you're about to open? Uh, I have. So I have a puzzle, or it's travel. It's travelers, which they do that really awesome grapefruit shandy. It, I like it a lot, but this is their peach one, Ooh. which is awesome. I like a peach. <laughs> um. I wish I had it, but it was so delicious that we we consumed all of it, and it, it was only a four pack. But there's this brewery in Akron, and we had this over um, the break. Uh, there's a brewery in Akron called Hopping Frog, and they had a mango turbo shandy, and the beer was so good that I took the first sip. And I was just like, oh, like I, I never had like I, I you, normally I'm like feigning that reaction, right? Like I'm like <laughs> this is a legitimate, like it like took it. I was just like, oh my god, that is amazing. Like it was just like so genuine that I made I was like, here, did you just take a sip of that? Oh like, wow, that's delicious. So I, 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 that reaction is definitely enticing. I totally just skipped the open, so I'm gonna open it. <laughs> You don't have to. I can make enough no, noise for both of us. That's all right. So well, what here, else you got? I got a Belgian, uh, Belgian white fat tire here. So all right, all right. Well, everybody, um, grab whatever you got and um, open them with yeah, us. Yeah, open your beverage of choice. A long walk <laughs> on three and three. All right. Okay. Well, that smells nice. My goodness, I got. See, you, you give me a month off, and all everything goes the fucking out the window. <laughs> well, tell me, tell me what uh, what is what has happened with you since last we uh, spoke. Um, 
so we well we didn't have a lot of time off uh over the holidays just because we were so new to our new jobs that uh we haven't earned a lot so we only got a, a few extra days off um and as as pathetic as it sounds one of the major things that we got accomplished over the break is we got we got caught up on a lot of like overdue medical stuff because we have really good insurance so now so oh yeah like checkups and yeah checkups i had a sleep study oh um, yeah so hopefully i'll get my a new cpap and i can get on that so i can actually start sleeping again and uh um so that that's we did a lot of that kind of stuff. And then for the holidays, we just went out to uh, Pittsburgh, saw Ash's family out there, uh, did the normal Christmas uh, family Christmas thing with them for the weekend. And then for Christmas and New Year's, uh, we were um, just home and just kind of slugs like we planned out what we wanted to cook and just like cooked a bunch of awesome stuff. I felt like I spent a lot of time in the kitchen making like uh Dutch babies, which for, for breakfast, it's like this, uh, I, they might be, uh, you might've heard of them called a German pancake, but it's like, you just make up a, a batter, like a simple batter, but then you bake it in the oven in the cast iron and it like puffs up and becomes this huge like custardy crunchy on the outside and you put like powdered sugar and lemon juice and butter on 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 it when it comes out of the oven it's awesome huh uh made those for breakfast i made a bunch of homemade spaghetti sauce that we then used for a bunch of stuff like we made uh italian sausage sandwiches and ash made lasagna so a lot of a lot of just like comfort food, sitting at home watching movies. We were we're gonna do a Star Wars marathon, and ended up only making it like we were gonna do like uh, Solo and then Rogue One, and then uh, then we were gonna start four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, the bride just declared the other day that that's what we're going to do this year, leading up to uh, Episode Nine. <laughs> But you were going to do it like in a short window of time, like in a day or something like that. Oh no, we were going to because we had we had from Friday through the day after Christmas off, so we were going to just like when we came home on Sunday, so we had like from Sunday night until basically Wednesday night to uh, all to ourselves. So we were going to just like fit them in over the course of those days because we weren't going to make a huge like Christmas meal. We actually ended up going to a friend's house. Uh, to, with their family and uh, having the Christmas meal with them. Uh, J-Ro also just popped on the chat That's there. so great. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Ro. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, um, so then we just, like, we're just going to slowly chip away at them, but we did, we barely, we, we only made it to Solo. Or, no, Rogue One. We made it through Rogue One. And that was it. The rest of the, I mean, we just napped a lot. It was fantastic. Lazy stuff. <laughs> that does sound nice. But then the rest of the time it, we were working. I mean, we were doing our normal work. And then uh, I've been doing a lot with uh, my pinball Yoda. Like, oh, um, yes, going, yes. Going out and doing a lot of. I wore uh, shirt in honor of, of that nickname and, uh, and this endeavor that I only really have a vague. I mean, I know it's happening, but the first I heard of it was 
like the first time I think that you got that you met her or something. Like you had barely done any work together. So I'm excited. Yeah. To um, um, so and I had I, I had met him through I bought parts off of him and then just slowly made her like I and then like became friends and then ultimately I was like, hey, I would really like to know how to I would like you to teach me this stuff. So and he needed help so it just worked out but um it was really nice like oh we were coming back from pittsburgh and he called and he said hey my wife and i would like to take you and out to out to dinner and so we got back to dayton we met them for dinner and he had a toolbox already filled with tools and he's like i'm gonna i figure if i'm gonna have if i want my text to do the best work they need to have the best stuff so I'm just going to keep, so every time I see him now, he's like, I got more of your tools are in. And so he'll just hand me this like oh, wow. handful of new tools. And like, he's like, that's for your toolbox. And, uh, it was, it was just like, we were really, over, they got Ash a present and like, it, uh, it was, we, we were really overwhelmed with how nice it was. And so then, uh, yeah we've just been going out on calls and like he, you know he always he's like i'm no teacher he and he told me this multiple times like from starting he's like i'm no teacher i just know how to do this stuff so <laughs> it's like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna i know my way to do it and i'll just tell you my way to do it and then you're gonna do it that way and i'm like okay uh but he actually is a great like all of that gruffness it's like uh he is actually like uh, a, an awesome teacher, really good. So like we were just on a job last night and uh, I fixed three machines. Like there were, he had two pinball machines and an arcade machine that uh, like a stand-up arcade that were not functioning properly. And we were able I to fix all three and I was able to do replace all the rubber pieces on the one pinball machine and like less than and do all of that in like two hours which i was really pleased with so uh yeah it was a it was a great it's it's been a really great experience so far and i have learned a lot and uh really am excited to just see where it goes with him and uh what i'm able to learn and what kind of machines i'm going to get like every house we go into there's another machine that i haven't seen in person before and it uh and that's always fun because then not only do i get to work on it but then i get to play it and get a feel for it so which is pretty awesome yeah so that's amazing and i love yeah. this idea of like these house calling pinball wizards <laughs> come over yeah. and, and fix these machines <laughs> yeah they're just uh he got me oh one of the things too this was really cool that one of the things in the toolbox was a pack of business cards and at first glance i just thought they were just his business cards, like just that just had the name of the company and the telephone number, not even that they had his name on it. And I was like, Oh, awesome. I got, you know, business cards in there. He's like, did you look close at him? And they say my name. And then they say <laughs> arcade right. tech on them. Like, Oh man. So, uh, which is great. Uh, and, and it's just great to tinker and, and it's a nice, it's a nice way to fill my time in the evenings. Uh, when, when we go out on the calls so that's so cool and is is it really based on like is there a certain not a schedule but like some sort of predictable regularity where it's like ah eh, maybe this or that many times a week well it's he all reaches out to you it's all based on who business is him. all based on need so like 
um, he'll call and sometimes he'll call and he'll say like, what's your availability for the week? Cause I have these things lined up. Oh, sure. Yeah. And he always clears with me like what my availability is. And then he'll say, okay, I'll call the customer back and get that scheduled. And then he texts me and confirms like that's set in. Uh, but he always talks to me first after he has the machines lined up um, for the, like the first times. He doesn't give that first in to the customer. Hmm. And so, uh, but the last couple times uh, he's called and where he's just called me out of the blue because like we're kind of slow right now because of the holidays. It's going to start picking back up now that we're out of the holidays. But uh, there's been a couple times where just like it would be a week with nothing. And then he would call and be like, hey, I have this one this one table. Can you go out on on this day this week? And I'd say, yeah, or I'd say no. And then we'd reschedule it. So. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a, is there like a t-shirt or a uniform? I mean, not a uniform. Oh, no, 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 no. Like <laughs> last, last night he wore a t-shirt. Now this is a, he is an awesome man. Awesome. And uh, a grown man older than me. <laughs> and he was, and, and this is spectacular. Like I'm not bashing this at all. Like I, when, when I realized what it was, I was like, this is, this guy is so awesome. Uh, a t-shirt of a, a cat in the sky playing with something it was like it, but there was a a cat on his shirt like an actual cat on his shirt uh it was awesome awesome that sounds fantastic yeah <laughs> so i'm imagining like when you're talking about that thing like i don't teach i'm like i just you just watch me so i've got this like thing in my head of uh muddle knowing i'm talking about from kickboxer where the master is out front doing like his Tai Chi in the morning and Van Damme has just gotten there and he's in the back, like basically just trying to follow him. He's like, ah, it's frustrated, you know, trying to just follow along. So that's what I'm imagining. And then like, I'm fast forward six months and you'll be doing like, then the, then the really cool music is playing and you're like doing all this stuff even better. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, he did. <laughs> he didn't call me his uh, star student last night because his son-in-law uh, does the, his son-in-law is um, in the vending machine side and he's training him how to fix vending machines. And so he uh, last night, he's like, yeah, he's my, this is my star student, you know? And so that made me feel pretty awesome that I'm catching on. Like he thinks I'm catching on pretty well. So yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> I mean, he's got to feel good about you to be investing in the toolbox and the business. Cards. Oh, yeah. Like, so early in the uh, relationship. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, which is nice. So that's all going well, but that's pretty much all I've done. I fixed pinball machines. We had a nice, lazy, like slugs of a holiday and uh, saw we did um, do kind of like a friend's trip where oh, we yeah yeah uh we went and saw um some some cabin kids uh well we saw a cabin kid we saw a cabin kid kate katie nice. and uh to go to her place and and in, in, uh, smith no we went to um suds's house oh. i had to i had to remember her name from uh <laughs> wplmr <laughs> uh so we went to suds's house and then uh I, I don't even know a nickname for her. Oh, she, oh, uh, she was moved back to the area. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, she, wow. You saw a lot of Kevin related folks. Yeah. So, um, and she would have been the next generation of Kevin. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, who was the, the, the maid from Rocky horror? Cause oh, that's, yeah. that's who she, the, Magenta. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a great nickname yeah. for her. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's who she was for the, for, WPM, Halloween ever. for the, for the, the, yeah, the, um, Blitter witch party. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was great. <laughs> so yeah. Was oh, man. Just right. Yeah. Perfect for it. <laughs> that's fantastic. So. I've only seen her on Christmas cards for since since I think the night we did that episode of well, it was sort of like an episode of Palmer's Picks, but it was when I was doing the tape letters with the bride. Yeah. And we were over at Sud's house that or apartment that the bride and I would ultimately sort of not in, inherit from but basically it just switched hands from her to us. Right. Um but I remember we talked to Magenta. I guess we would have done Suds and then the guy that would go on to be Magenta's husband were like the three guests. We did three guests? I don't remember. Anyway, but no. I, I think the last time I saw her in person. Yeah, many? We might have. Yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah, so she was there too. So wow. all three of them. Uh, so we saw them and then hung out with them for a little bit. It was great to catch up with them and see them and uh, see all like their thousand kids. kids. Yeah, like yeah, and like it was, it was so funny because uh, Sud's has been like, oh, you know, you got to come, come see me. Are you in the area? Blah, you know, and and really, just for lack of shitty timing, it just hasn't worked out. So we were really we wanted to be intentional about it and make make it a point to just go. Ultimately, we were going to see Stan the Man and his wife in Youngstown, and I was like, well, if we're going to pass up by there, I know that Suds has been trying to get us to visit for a while. So let's just stop. If I can arrange it, let's, let's be there. And then it all worked out. They all ended up coming over, which was awesome. But it was funny because suds was definitely like, has definitely been working on trying to get us there for a while. And then we get there and she took care of kids the whole time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It was I like, we, we were by the time she was finally like, like all the kids are all settled and like, Everything was good, and uh, they were all kind of like self-sustaining. We were like, "Well, we gotta ready to move on to the next leg." I felt terrible. It was <laughs> it was awful. So, uh, but yeah, got to got to catch up with Kevin, Kate, and, uh, and and Magenta, and 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 I and we did. Of course, we got to talk some to Suds too. So, um, it was great seeing them, and then it was awesome going up and seeing Stan the Man. And his wife and uh, stayed the night with them and through the next day through lunch and then came back and then it was New Year's Eve. So yeah. you were catching up on the chat there. <laughs> I did. I, I haven't seen. Yeah. I can it, always it, tell it, when you're like. Not the, always a good thing to see that. Like yeah, it's gonna move that right over there so that it's covered up. <laughs> I'm terrible. Ter I can't multitask. It's like a dead giveaway. I can't either. I was. That's why I'm not really listening to you. <laughs> I'm just. <kidding>. I'm <laughs> not really listening to what I'm saying, and you're really not listening to me say it. All right, we'll look at the yeah, we'll in cut all that out. Here, folks. Yeah, but we appreciate. We'll, we'll so we'll catch up. Catch up, especially especially on breaks. Yeah, uh, we'll catch it. But it's very cool to see the guys in there that are. Absolutely, I'm sure there are some folks who aren't chiming in, which is also okay. 
Glad to have everyone here. You got Mika in there? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that was my, I mean, that was, his, oh, we saw some great stuff. Um, We saw Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. How was which, that? I've been uh, hearing good things about um, that. Amazing. It uh, was, I was really blown away with how good it was and how different the animation style was in it. Um, Really good. And then we watched, uh, Recently, we watched uh, Bird Box because oh, everybody's okay. been watching that. Did, yeah. did you watch that? Not yet, but we're going to. Yeah. I and downloaded then, the soundtrack. But I haven't listened to that yet either. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's because uh, Trent Reznor did yeah. that, right? Yeah. Or is, it, or is it officially Nine Inch Nails that did it? Or did he well, or is it I just mean, him that got the credit? I mean, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are the scoring pair that do, have oh, done okay. all these movies. Um, I guess it would have been 2016. Atticus Ross was officially added as a member to Nine Inch Nails. He's the so it same same crew, but like a probably you know different yeah toolbox <laughs> and agenda. But yeah, um, what's your impression? I I actually had zero idea of any kind of what that show is. It's a show, right? Like a no, it's a movie. series. Oh, it's a movie. Okay, it is a movie. Yep. Somebody kind of likened it a little bit to the Quiet Place or a Quiet yes. Place, and I uh, would do the same. Ah, very cool. Yeah. It, it's good. Uh, um, definitely a unique performance for Sandra Bullock, I think. Uh, and it was a nice shift for. I, I'm starting to notice the projects that Netflix is like. Yes, you could make that. Here's a little bit of money. Or we we have like class A talent, so we're going to make a a movie movie. Yeah, you know, like I feel like sometimes you can tell in the backgrounds where they just didn't have a lot of budget for that kind of stuff. And uh, this one feels like I mean, it feels like it could have been on a like release from a Hollywood a normal Hollywood studio. Uh, they really didn't hold back on anything. And it it really was suspenseful. There were there's some good parts to it, uh, yeah. But it, it definitely it definitely did remind me a lot of the Quiet Place. I liked it. Oh, I'm trying cool. not to give too much away, and I'm trying not to influence like whether you know by by giving a review on it. Um, but it was it was okay. It's worth watching. We watched that, and then I recently watched. I also watched uh, the other Netflix thing that just came out recently, which is the Black Mirror movie. So Black Mirror is a show on there that's it's like a Twilight Zone esque. It's a yeah, um, a serial show, or that's not what it's called. Um, oh, what, what would you call that? Like a, not an anthology? Yeah, that, it, yeah, right? anthology show. Like yeah, like, it's like Twilight Zone. Yeah, uh, but yeah. it's all it's all like near future. And it's always technology related and the stories are technology related in some way. Uh, so this one is a movie that's in that same vein, but it's a choose your own adventure. So oh, as yes. the movie's going on, it gives you choices and it will change what happens in the movie. And uh, huh. it's a little gimmicky, um, but it it's entertaining for sure. Like I spent some time with it and like wanted to go back and see what would happen if I made other choices and it will actually give you the opportunity to do that while you're watching it. So 
Uh, you don't have to start all the way over from the beginning. Like it will take you back. If you hit, reach an ending, it'll take you back and give you, and let you make a different choice earlier on at some point. Hmm. Uh, so uh, total, it was uh, actually really fun. Um, but I couldn't comment on the acting or really, or anything other than the gimmick behind like the choice. And I was, that took front stage over everything else, I think. So, and did you watch the uh, the the other like series? I don't know seasons or something like that. Uh, yeah, of that show. Were... <clears throat> the the latest season I have not finished yet, but everything up to I and I liked it. Um, I just I mean, I found it just as entertaining as the Twilight Zone. And then speaking of that, they just released a trailer for Jordan Peele's new anthology series which is supposed to be like a twilight zone based thing and it's a youtube original so that will be on we'll be able to get that with youtube premium oh sweet i i was thinking i i think of his follow-up movie which like, and i an haven't watched the trailer for that yeah i haven't watched yeah. the trailer yet for it I, ash watched it she said it's really creepy oh cool yeah that i i don't think i realized he had a anthology show but we still get and the bride loves entertainment weekly like she really enjoys like reading that in the bath and so um and I live through it sometimes, but the the feature articles like they give shit away, um, and yeah, and, like she got a major spoiler I think for Walking Dead it was from an article in there that they and 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 not like out of sequence you know I guess I don't know maybe it's a selling point that you can find out things early but so I I started to read like the little blurb about the the you know movie preview Jordan Fields follow up and I was like well wait. <laughs> I know I'm gonna watch it, so let me just—I'll just watch it when it comes out, and not. So I actually have no idea what it's, what it's about. Yeah, I—I um, I haven't watched the trailer. Ash said the trailer made it look really creepy. So, um, and I, well, but I remember the trailer for Get Out left me feeling very creepy, and and they really didn't give anything away about the movie, uh, in the trailer. Oh yeah, no, I guess they wouldn't. Have. I remember we, what well, we, I think we were at like some friends of our like a wedding um in northeast ohio and it was at this kind of old it was not a traditional venue i don't know there was something it was an old old building and there was a basement to it where there was like maybe another ballroom or something like that so somehow and i think that's where the bathrooms were so we stepped away with some of the other friends we knew that knew the couple and they were like you gotta see this trailer and they showed us the get out trailer on somebody's phone but at the time it seemed so strange like yeah where we don't see these folks very often they're pulling us aside to watch a trailer on their phone like and and it was a long time before the movie came out to the point where i it was a long time before i put together they're like oh that's they showed us a trailer for get out yeah oh, that makes sense like you know and at the time, we were just like, all right, that's weird. That's fucked up. But it's also a little fucked up that they took the time to show it to us. But uh, it makes more sense in retrospect because of how cool that movie is. And uh, I'm sure, I don't know, I got nothing but high hopes for anything that comes from that dude, especially following that. Well, I don't know. There's that sophomore thing, right? But it's not like, I just feel like he's done enough things to where he's got yeah. a good sense of like what to do. And he was involved in like Black Klansman. It's not yeah. like he's just hopping on the first thing that presented itself afterwards. I feel like it will be good. <laughs> I've decided already. <laughs> That's always good. I, I'm sure it's going to be good. <laughs> I, I, I have no doubt in my mind that it's going to be good. Just because he is a good storyteller. Um, 
And, and I, I think the show that is coming on YouTube, the, um, I forget what it's the, the like twilight zone S show, but I remember reading about that right after get out where he said he wanted to make a show that was like twilight zone, like a modern take of the twilight zone. And then all of a sudden this trailer drops for Jordan Peele's new YouTube anthology series. So I'm pretty excited for that. Um, I think they're also, I saw a, bl- a Cobra Kai blurb somewhere over break. I couldn't remember. I know they have some stuff about season two on the channel, but I haven't, I don't know yeah. why I haven't watched. I guess I just like the idea of being, Oh, surprised. I think I got an update that, and, and it was, um, it was the three kids. So, Johnny's son, Daniel's daughter, and the neighbor kid that Johnny trains. Oh, yes, yes. Miguel? Uh, Yeah. All three of them in the um, Miyagi Dojo. And, like, showing that set off. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't wait. (laughs) And, like, kind of giving, like, a history of that, like, the set, because it's not the... Obviously, it's not the original, but even the, like, from... Karate Kid 1 to Karate Kid 2 the set was in a different location between oh, the two Oh okay. So, oh yeah, I just remembered. No, anyway, sorry. Uh that's yeah, that's some When is the Jordan Peele one? Like is it in the first quarter of the year or is it like the summer? In, in my Reddit, hang on. Why don't you uh why don't you fill it bring us up to speed on what what you did over the hiatus while I look. Oh that. yes. Uh, well, not not an awful lot. Um, I uh, and I could have prepared some sort of thoughts, but I didn't. Um, first thing sprung to mind was that that big uh, SVHS Panasonic deck arrived, and I got it eventually <laughs> fixed up. Yeah. <laughs> and so I spent a lot of time like digitizing SVHS tapes. I will say it did solve the problem that I was having. Good. Uh, particularly with the Crow project, it funnily enough, the pro- problem of this black level and stuff was exacerbated by the very deck that I got <laughs> was able to procure because the I I feel like it's an AG seven fifty. I could be wrong, but I I typed that into a lot of my file names, so I think that's I've memorized it now. Um, it uh, it has these three like knobs like three different things that kind of control brightness, contrast type stuff without being called brightness or contrast. And at the time when I was working on creating that final edit of the crow at WCTV, the cable access center, I had been making all these test rough cuts and stuff at, at, at home that I was able to just with the little box I got from Best Buy, make it black and white, which the one, the most of the movies black and white. There was no way at WCTV and all the equipment that they had been infuriating. So the best I could do was use these knobs on the deck to kind of desaturate it and stuff. And so in the original like tapes that I made in 1998, on some of the scenes, you can tell like there's still some color there. Yeah. But a lot of the information was lost in doing that. It's, so it's like it's... So now having this deck, I'm able to not only boost, boost the brightness, but actually put some of that information back, which was cool. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, and then I got to thinking, like, what... Uh, so, I, so I've just been... I guess I'm making it a conscious goal this year to 
like have a station and keep that like moving like for when i was doing it over break it was on my machine my computer which meant i couldn't do anything else right um i mean obviously i could do other things in life but uh that that felt a little weird (laughs) and um i guess it was good i didn't need to like make progress on the show and stuff because it allowed me to get some of that done um but yeah, so I've been trying to do the, the, this preserve this stuff, preserve VHS before it dies, and um, but in fits and starts, probably over the last like four years, really. And I've made c- certainly some progress and stuff, but none none of the quality has, has been good as this professional deck has allowed. And so I'm gonna just um, you know make a focused effort to just like do this, <laughs> like at the expense of probably getting something else done. But at least I'll have this stuff like backed up in a way that I can feel good about feel some peace about um i was backing up so i was digitizing so i'm like some of it involves like demolding tapes and then doing that and uh i've been doing a fair amount of that i actually digitize like the original tapes like from that crow project and i was like well what if i what does it look like what's the difference between like the the edited master that went through all the degradation that i described and the original source tapes and it was like night and day <laughs> there was so much more information and like depth to this like candlelit footage i was like oh Holy wow. shit and so i realized that um i could kind of uh do a match cut of that like uh, the audio can come from one of the you know finished things but i could go back to the source footage and just match cut to the it's kind of like in movies wait, they say negative cutter no, wait yeah <laughs> I know where you're going, <laughs> Dave. What if they're on 4K? <laughs> I I love you, buddy. <laughs> but I thought this I thought this phase of your life was over. I it's just want to clarify. <laughs> I just want to clarify that you're talking about doing another crow edit only sort of only like while we watch television <laughs> so, <laughs> that's how much of a difference this footage makes <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 um i don't know i don't know for sure that i'll do it, it um it, i kind of did a test i was like oh this i, is I cool. thought you already did the fear factory version of the crow of your version of the crow um yeah i did a great like dvd set there i don't know it's a bigger thing beyond just the just the brightness there's this like fucked up digital artifact whenever there's a flash and there's a fuck ton of flashes in that yeah movie. well They're like talks um, with the image bothers so, me. okay so what i'm asking the, the reason i'm asking is if you did this new edit this like super 4k edit it won't really be four hours i know but yeah i know yeah, yeah. Uh, it's shot on SVHS. I know it's not good, <laughs> and you don't have like a Hollywood budget to do a like SVHS. Like four K. Can they even do that? Can they even add that much information? I think it? I probably could export it as four K from my editing software. But I mean, to what end? But, yeah, but yeah, and yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> so, uh, I, what I'm saying is, so then you don't have to do another definitive edition. Could you just like drop this version, this edit into that? ultimate dvd version that you already made like so then you don't have to redo all of that part it just has the but then you're going to want to say like new new like 
cut from original master footage needs to, to, to be distribute to no one. Yeah. 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 To distribute to no one. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I might do a DVD um, that has like what I could do now that I couldn't do then is there's the visuals are the same, but there's like different audio versions. And then there's like two different directors commentaries that have happened over time. Um, I could do a version now that just where you could switch between the audio tracks on mm -hmm. one side. So I might do something like that, but I, yeah, I mean, I've given so much of my life to that, that I, I am constantly mindful of not giving too yeah. much more. <laughs> <laughs> this has been an interesting rabbit hole to fall down. Uh, both because I could, I've made some progress that, uh, it's been eluding me. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, because it kind of creates that new possibility. But the, yeah, no, the kind of work I'm talking about doing is primarily just like if we're watching whatever bullshit like stuff we watch together that I'm always doing something else, I could just be like hitting buttons and making some slow progress on that. Um, we'll see. I'm I'm sure I'll do that eventually because of how satisfying it was to see that one comparison. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, I... Um, I will see. I... And listen all joking aside and just like moto said i still would want to see that i think <laughs> so well, that's very nice of you yeah but i appreciate the uh the reality check as well because it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily time well spent <laughs> uh, i just love that you have the like the pictures of you getting that deck and like opening it and it's just so massive and like it's so big. Yeah. And I had to do a little bit of like repair because part of it broke. I think I talked about it where the anyway, so I had to figure some things out <laughs> in that regard. So I did spend some time doing that. Uh it was good. I um and I'm gonna I guess spend some more time. I wanna kind of make some uh, a list of goals for the year i don't usually do that i used to do it um when i was more active like making albums and kind of having like a, i don't know like all, a lot of mini goals related to music in different facets i would do like i guess they call them vision board i kind of have one now for this thing basically visual, you visually represent things and like yeah here's what i want to do and you see it all the time and I guess I, I I do many versions of that all the time, but I there's just so many probably especially of the, like the archival projects that it gets super overwhelming. And so um, I want to do so goals for like 2019, I think. But I haven't done yeah. got around to doing them yet. But I think I mentioned that because I think one of them will be to like digital digitize like all of the uh, all of my vhs source media um because yeah it's 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 so scary that the stuff is just breaking down like the svhs yeah. stuff that won't only play on certain things like in the time that we've been talking about not tonight but like there was that one deck that broke <laughs> and i had these various decks and there's like dropping like flies yep. even this new one that i got and kind of fixed is making a noise like as the tape kind of uh. goes back into the gears it does this weird crank i'm like well, what the fuck is that now and like and these Shit. are complicated things like i'm not going to be able to fix it yeah and i was really lucky to get a replacement part that was broken from some thing that was like 
happened to be saved from a hospital or something from the college where I work that had the same part that I could swap out. Anyway, so I spent some time doing that <laughs> and I've been making faster progress than one would think. I, um, and then, so, I mean, the Crow movie movie is one thing, but all of the other projects um, would, none, none of them would like, well, there's one other short like trailer I made for something that might benefit from a match cut type thing. But most of it's just like impossible to recreate. And so you just, now I have the best, I, now I have something I know is the best sort of quality version of that um, achievable. <laughs> so that feels satisfying because I've probably wasted more time, not wasted, but I've spent more time over the last few years sporadically than I'll probably spend collectively on this kind of more focused effort. So I'm hoping that that will give me some some peace of mind and stuff. I also drove a uh, so in in that spirit of like let's let's just like do this as opposed to do it in some kind of order and make sure that I put it up online and all this um, for no one to see. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'll probably do all that eventually, but um, I've had these rolls of 16 millimeter film from back when I had. Uh, those Cleveland filmmakers classes and we shot like the mind of Philip open on stuff. Yeah. And I did a, I did a short film with uh, Marv and his ex-wife called checkmate. That was based on th this exchange between Jacko and Krams back in the day yeah, about like this it. chess metaphor uh, for, for romantic relationships, not going well. And uh, so I, I, um, I don't know why their turnaround time is between one and three months, but I took it to like a place that will do uh I don't know what the process is, but it's better than I would have ever seen. You know, um, I the stuff on video I had of that involved pointing, you know, VHS camera at a projection on a wall. <laughs> right. So, um, so this will be some sort of digital uh, version of that that I'll have in the next month or three. So that that's kind of fun. Awesome. Um, yeah. So that stuff we did. Uh, we went back to Ohio for a really short time. Uh, and just saw the bride and I saw our various uh, family factions. I get to spend some time uh, with Moto and his new, um, he's got these new uh, speakers, the Genelex. You can weigh in and correct me if I'm getting that wrong, but they sound incredible. Like there's these little speakers, but like if you sit in the sort of triangulated place, kind of like I am to the monitors that are at my arm's reach, there's an odd like three dimensional quality of the whole thing. It's, it was oh, really cool. So cool. That sounds awesome. His, uh, yeah, his home studio is really something to behold, and uh, he's been doing a lot of cool work with that Wednesday night group, like my the, my uncle, my my dad's kind of jam buddies and high school compadres that play music. He's been making some recordings from them. Um, he's been working on the another one of my goals for this year. It was a goal for last year, but it got sort of derailed by another sub part of the project <laughs> that took over it was um uh like an anniversary edition of my first album dog days um there's like probably half the songs i'm doing like a remix of um so that i can be happy about it <laughs> uh genelec 10 air uh, genelec 8010a moto corrected and those yeah those are amazing but I got to make some active decisions on one of those mixes with him, and uh, that was fun. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of households there, and so 
while that's all nice, it's it's not necessarily relaxing. So our we have a couple's Christmas that we celebrate. Just she and I give each other gifts on New Year's Day, and so went pretty overboard this year on that. Like there were so many <laughs> gifts around our one of our three trees. <laughs> it was really absurd. Yeah, three trees too. That's awesome. Yeah, she goes all out. She loves to decorate them, and she loves the season. And so there's we have a split level house, and so on the. In the top where we hung out most when you were here, there's a great, like, big. We, we have, they're all fake trees, so they can yeah. stay up and you know, water them and stuff. Um, that's the one. So, that that's, I guess, the main one. And then downstairs, and like where we watch TV, there's another that has more of our pop culture type ornaments. <laughs> anyway, um, so but that was nice. And um, I think, she, yeah, she like she gave me this shirt and we gave each other all kinds of nonsense. And, uh, Oh, yeah, like we went to see the favorite for we we go to the movies usually on New Year's Eve day to see yeah. stuff. And we went to see that at the Alamo Draft House where I went a few times last year uh-huh. to see uh I mean I saw stuff like Aliens double feature and uh the Frankenstein Bride of Frankenstein double feature, but they do show contemporary releases. Okay. And uh so we went there to see that, which was which was good and um How was that? To, was it it was yeah, it was excellent. I mean the preview for that gives you a good sense of like the tone and and some of the yeah. beats you can expect. Um, it's yeah, it's it's one of the, it was excellent, but I don't know. I don't know. Like I don't think I would like get the DVD <laughs> I, if it were on television. Sure. I'd probably watch it for a little while, but maybe not the whole thing. Kind of a, yeah. But I mean, Emma Stone was always amazing. Everyone in the movie was amazing, yeah. and it was like it was kind of a story or a take on things i hadn't quite seen before that is a different it, those kind those exist but it's a different kind of one-timer like, yeah, and it, in a way it was a fatal attraction ish type or single white no female one of those type of things but like back in yeah in a, di- a different time okay <laughs> um but with a sort of modern sensibility about the way it's told okay um anyway it, it was cool it, it, it was worth seeing um i don't i don't know that you need to like rush out and see it in a theater though um uh oh they um you know i did see and that's like less than a week away the alamo draft house is doing a series of comic books into films and on the 16th they're running the crow so i'm gonna see that there awesome <laughs> if it's not pulled out yeah <laughs> For, which is the 20th anniversary of that movie oh great another uh goal for the year <laughs> this is more of an anti-goal that's to celebrate less anniversaries <laughs> for me because there's a lot of like 2008 1998 stuff that i was yeah. observing and i enjoy i enjoyed that but i think it would be freeing to not do that <laughs> as best i can help it good deal um but i i don't know i think that's pretty much it oh i did uh within reach let me grab it i did all this stuff online but i uh, just I wanted there to be a DVD in part because a lot of this VHS stuff translates really well to DVD. Like it has a cool like grain to it. Um, so I made this uh, DVD for the Moto projects, uh, the enormity thing. It's awesome. So it, uh, <laughs> it's the enormity anthology, and basically you can see this on Vimeo uh, if you go to uh, Vimeo.com/slash. Dreaming out D O L records on Vimeo or search like Enormity <laughs> anthology. Anyway, but so I had fun putting that together. So it makes use of some of the 
That is stuff. I was really close to like starting to do because last year I did something like this for another band. The last year I did the DVD of this thing for the NJs and the Jeff group. They were kind of like they weren't cabin kids, cabin kid type thing, but they were like both of them have worked with with me and Moto on stuff. Uh, thanks, Moto. Moto's chiming on on the chat about that. Um, but that sort of feel like a, like a little, um, extension of that dreaming out louds family. But I had to make a DVD of that one because I knew I could not share that with anyone. It shouldn't be on the internet. <laughs> and I wanted to share it with the people in the, in the band basically. But, uh, I started to want to do like, cause I'll get into it later, but I've been investing in some of the criterion, um, discs and it's just so fucking beautiful. Like their library, the way that there's a cohesion to the, the, the packaging oh I like, yeah i was really tempted to want to try and do that but i'm not sure that i'll even make that many so i i barely stopped myself but i did put a little like i i actually changed the dreaming out loud logo last year to be logan ah you can't see it on the thing anyway build building my little private empire i actually have oh, a beautiful little shelf here speaking of, of by the way logan product. next episode what yeah next episode. he's in he's in yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I can't wait. Cabin Kid episode. Logan. Let me get J-Row on a Cabin Kid episode one of these days. Maybe. I also talked to uh, Jacko on a FaceTime just last yeah? weekend. Yeah. Uh, caught up with him. I basically have a Facebook account so that he can use the messaging thing to contact me. <laughs> 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 the european connection and so but it's not like there's very little substantive communication very much in in that and sometimes i'll ask him but it's it almost never results in like a answer (laughs) but so i think it was a few days after christmas i just got one of the like a video message in that that said merry christmas but the 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 content of the video was just him with a tupperware trimming his beard (laughs) and then (laughs) you could hear this like baby crying in the background and i could see his partner like trying to take his picture in a mirror (laughs) and he never (laughs) once looks at the camera and he never acknowledges it and i was just like this is the greatest thing ever (laughs) so i think i told him as much and uh asked how he celebrated the holidays and suddenly um i was waking up at like 11 (laughs) on sunday and there was like a video messenger call from him and then so we caught up a little bit and so that was nice. Awesome. Um, that pretty much, yeah, brings us up to this moment where I'm talking to you. We're gonna, I don't know, talk about the talk about our favorite. So I always have a trouble naming this episode because if you say best of 2018 for such a self-referential pro, pro, podcast, like I asked the bride last year, I'm like, what what does that mean to you if I say that? She's like, well, I figure it's like you're favorite clips from your own show <laughs> like, yeah yeah I'm that's like, what you well, put it yeah, like yeah but it's so, not um, no it's our favorite things of other people's <laughs> yeah believe it or not uh, the stuff no um i i call have have called it picks in the last couple of years yeah. which i think is okay and then i thought is there a way we can use our segment like the palmer's L- pleasure Dave L- Diggs? lwsd's favorite stuff of 2018 um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's the, what it is, really. Yeah, <laughs> we'll make it like a long. Because um, the funny thing is, it's like I can. 
one of the ways that helped me remember stuff um and while i was going down this list i I can remember talking about each one of these things at some point except for one of them maybe on the podcast yeah i did a when i did the spreadsheet i made a column for you know because it could be a way too long a show (laughs) Um, oh yeah and of course we haven't started talking about him yet so i'm like there's some where i'll just be like hey remember this go back to this episode (laughs) yeah (laughs) and others that we haven't really talked about oh you know before we get too much into that i and and it's okay if you didn't but i was curious because last year around this time and it might have been a little later you you had like action items and you had it sounds like maybe you had a thing for the year I did. I did. And, and, and Ash and I have been talking about. We're kind of trying to do a a a, a couple one for this year. Uh, um. I and you know I thought about going back and looking for that uh, and seeing like where I know some of them are just like laughably like nowhere even near accomplished or even touched. Like the twelve self help books, like one self help book a month. But I think I read like did a few though five That's and that was few. like five more than i read in the last decade of my life you know <laughs> so and i said when i um when i went back and uh well spoilers but it one of them was one of my favorite things from this year um but uh i said even when i put all those out like one of the reasons why i had so many and so much detail is then because i know i was going to do all of them so, but I wanted to get down into the minutiae so I could maybe like get pieces of them and to be able to, so that way all of my effort is being acknowledged, even if I don't, even if I'm not able to close that goal out in a year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You may not even want to anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, because like, well, shit, I don't know. I, I still find it amazing that like I could be a totally different person. I, I am not the same person I was 12 months ago, you know, like um, and I and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's not a good thing. But I mean, my life is totally different than it was 12 months ago. And I'm not the person who wrote those goals anymore, you know. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is one of the reasons why, you know, just trying to stay. I think it's a little silly to try to stay to a goal um and you know unless it's like by year five i want to like have this much money in a savings account that that that's okay i think uh versus like i'm gonna not be such a shitty person in a year that's not as i think that could be not as achievable you know (laughs) so uh as far as like a time goal like that so it's better if you can like break that down into action steps, then you can say like, all right, you know, I'm still a shitty person, <laughs> but like, look, at I, I changed these like eight things though. So that makes me a little less shitty of a person. So, uh, yeah. Would you want to maybe next, uh, next time we get together? Cause I haven't done the work yet. Um, yeah. Do some kind of collective, if you guys are going to do something like that for this year and maybe yeah. we put it off more, but uh, the reason I want to do it is I think I just like the idea of looking back and seeing what of those things I did. I actually yeah. I do it kind of all the time. Uh, and I, but i never do like, I never do resolutions for new year's, but I do resolutions like on the oh, regular, sure. like constantly. Sure. It's like a joke around here. Um, but uh, I, I don't know when the last time I tried that year long measure, uh before 
And so, and I've never before had something like this podcast to sort of have a someone to be accountable to about it. Right. Even if in, in the most perif- most peripheral of way of like, hey, if, has anything <laughs> do anything with that? Yeah. Uh, well, no, and that that totally makes sense. And and actually, I was thinking about doing the same thing. And I I kind of mentioned this before when uh, I was talking about Palmer by Design and how that, of course, you know, is going to be the name of my business. But I and I have that URL, and I'm going to you know do stuff with it. Um. I, but I think I'm going to start it as a blog, really, and that's going to be. I'm going to be able to kill a few birds with one stone, with that one stone, and. Uh, but I part of it is to be accountable of like having putting this out there, um, and having to be accountable to, this to, saying I'm going to do this, and then following up the next week and being able to report on some kind of progress towards that, I think is very, uh, important. It's come to that point where I'm right there with you. So yeah, no, we could totally like, you just want to sit down and like hash out the process of that or, uh, it, yeah, that's a good question. I think ideally I was thinking of sharing them. Okay. Um, in a way that we could then return to like in a year. Um, and yeah, that would be my preference, but I would say if we don't quite have them yet, maybe we start to talk about them. Maybe the discussion helps facilitate yeah. if we haven't made the concrete, you know, whether it's a list or whatever. Maybe in February we'll go over them. So then, then we, we can guarantee that they're not New Year's resolutions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're starting yeah. them in February. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Or maybe just, uh, I mean, a lot of this show is us talking about stuff we like, but a lot of the rest of it is talking about how we're, <laughs> you know, navigating the waters of our own oh, yeah. lives anyway. So we might as well. Uh, well, I mean, smoking stats, it. that was like a big, yeah. that was a big one, you know, and that yeah. very easily, very easily could have blown up in my face, you know, of like I not been able to quit smoking and then, you know, then I look like an idiot smoking after I had, put it out there so no i think i think using the show is a great way i keep looking over because i um the you know i listened to the bruce lee podcast and uh they just had one on goals and there was this thing i wrote down that uh goals give you something to aim at but should not overwhelm you or make you feel trapped they should facilitate dreaming and a clarity of purpose perhaps uh so that you can figure out what you want and yeah uh, um well, and I was just thinking about some of my goals that like, cause you had mentioned the one last year and like, even though they might've sounded pretty concrete uh, in my, even though they looked like it on paper, they were still pretty nebulous. Mm-hmm. And like, so as I've gone through the year, then I can, now I can be like, instead of like writing a goal about a business, maybe it's like, okay, let's just get the CNC table up and running. You know what I mean? Like yeah, let's yeah. just get the web page going, you know, like yeah. let's, 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 instead of being grandiose. Now let's zero in on those. Some of the, I, like, cause that's the point where I'm at now where I feel like, okay, now we should make the action steps, the goals, because then we can yeah. start taking yeah, those. Yeah. I remember off, that, you know, you like, like that, that didn't like the goal idea, but you like the action steps. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's cool too. Uh, and and it was uh, yeah that could almost be a little bit of a segment to where we are like how are your action steps going? <laughs> yeah. I remember when I did um, I did uh my my second album I ended up doing like a weekly vlog of stuff and part of that was because I like that sort of thing and whatever the opportunity presented itself I think someone was interested and 
got me going. As most, I'll tell you, so many of my projects are instigated by this other person. Like Jacko was really the person to say, "Hey, let's remake the crow," and then like regret ever saying that. <laughs> uh, but I'll just like get going and and uh, really take it to another place. But 4K edits, man. 4K yeah. edits. <laughs> Twenty years later. Um, anyway, but um, I never bring that up. Oh, one of the reasons I I kept that up or found it to be useful rather was that it uh, it helped me make it helped me make sure I was continuing to make progress because if anything, I, I guess I just didn't want to like have a week there where it was just like ugh, things are not going well. But I I really had a in my head prepared that that could be an update, <laughs> you know, and it yeah. wasn't like I was working from a place of fear. It was really much more of a motive motivation, just a reminder of like, Hey, you want to, you want to do this. <laughs> um, so maybe this could be that a little bit, the whole action step thing being like, have you, been, even the, the uh, discussion of like, have you been able to make a little progress? I, I think some of it, it's not so much the accountability, but it's just like the excuse to, to, to do it. Um, I'm not, Expressing it, you're right. doing it just so you can talk about it, then, and, and, or, or like just that, it, uh, or like just so you can share it, so you have something to share or contribute, or I think maybe the maybe get talking about it, you help crystallize whether it is the thing that you do want to do. <laughs> like maybe oh, it's like, yeah, well, maybe I'm true. not doing this because I don't want to. Yeah, um, that's true. And maybe in talking about it, you realize like, oh, I am where I am making some progress toward this, even though it feels like I'm not. Uh, that that's part of the vocalization and the sharing of it that I, I have noticed. And then sometimes it's just a reminder to be like, Oh yeah, you haven't done anything in that. Do you, right. you know, do you want to, and let, let's get back to it without it feeling bad. I don't know. I spend an awful lot of time beating myself up about how I'm spending my time, you know, on what projects, you know, right. is this the thing I should be working on? I'm like, well, why, what does that even mean? Should like, right. Right. <laughs> and then you're some working of it's on something like, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, it's good to be critical and it's good to be conscious of what you're focusing on because that is definitely like what your life turns into. But yeah, I find it weird. Like, I don't know. I think I'm a little too hard on myself on that. <laughs> anyway, I I like the idea of, uh, of just tracking that a little bit in a conscious way, even if it's only a really small one. And even if it goes away. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the, like the goals that you don't meet are not so much failures. They're just like, you just changed course because right. it wasn't the right thing or the uh, the thing you really wanted. It obviously, yeah, it wasn't a priority. Like it was, it, it was a priority enough to, at the time to have made a goal, but yeah, in working like towards it, you realize it wasn't a priority, whether that was conscious yeah. or subconscious. Yeah. I just, yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And I think especially if we were able to talk with each other about it <laughs> and kind of put that context, it, maybe it'll help with both progress, but also, my attitude about some of the things I'm doing. Yeah. Sometimes it's just enough to be working towards something. Yeah. Even if you don't get there, you know, the, you, like the work is the enough part that um, more and more as I, the last few years, that's something I've been thinking a lot about and, and hearing, we talked about it with Twinkie a bit. I, I listen to all these podcasts where people are talking about their creative lives and, and ebbs and flows in their, in their creative careers. And the thing it generally comes down to is like, if you're, if you're doing something for how you hope it will turn out or any sort of outcome based thing or reception based thing, even if that goes well at times, like that is a losing game. The only winning game is to enjoy like 
the the process of it like something you would do anyway you know whether you're being paid for it or not or and and i'm pretty good about that i mean like the stuff that i work on for myself is stuff that i literally lose sleep over like i a lot of sleep and that's yeah i just like i wouldn't do it if i didn't want to but i still beat myself up about it anyway We'll save that for the right next there with you, buddy. conversation. <laughs> but, uh, so maybe action steps. I like that. We could maybe start yeah. with our goals, but then t- discuss our action steps on the regular. Do you make any king progress over the over the break? Not since we talked, but not since we stopped recording. But I think since we talked about it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, like, did we ever talk about Pet Cemetery or Creep Show? Yeah, we talked about those okay. on the aliens episode. Okay, okay. Um, um yeah, so I I made a conscious choice yet? No, I because no, okay. I'm going to very soon, but I okay. I didn't over the the holiday time just because I was like, ah, this this doesn't feel right. <laughs> like I said, we were doing this prolonged holiday Christmas. Yeah. And we still have our Christmas shit up. It just didn't I don't know. It didn't sound right. But I'm looking forward to to starting that uh very soon. Yeah. Um, especially well, with the I've show, been, I've been slowly chipping along at uh, pet, that version of Pet Cemetery. It is like the worst Christmas book ever. <laughs> like to be listening <laughs> yeah. to at the holiday yeah. season, I just, it is so bleak. Like every part of it is bleak. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely past the like where there's anything other than bleakness part of the book. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, uh, uh it's just like everything about that book is so dark so yeah maybe that's uh i just haven't been motivated to listen to it i haven't really been listening to any any books so yeah the pet cemetery was the last one i i finished oh i did get uh i got the maximum there's like a big deluxe um vestron video put out a maximum overdrive yeah and i got that i haven't i haven't dug into it yet but i'm excited about all the just to spend some extra time with that ridiculous movie. <laughs> and I got yeah. it like as a Christmas gift from uh, my sister-in-law who who does like Stephen King, but and she was just like, whatever. <laughs> like, why do you want that movie? <laughs> like, Are you kidding awesome. me? <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> I almost pulled the trigger on that special edition Mandy soundtrack or whatever that uh, oh. I sent out. That Oh, that one from Europe, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That, that looked that's amazing. The VHS edition of yeah with the the discs and everything. I'm seeing more and more of those uh, since they did that Stranger Things one. There's like a new. They they kind of did it with Stranger Things season two, but also there's a company I can't remember what the company is called that it's adopted this VHS. It's sort of a a little bit like the library case kind of one, but like the oversized library case. Oh, okay. And uh, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's interesting because I, I learned watch. I bet you this year they're going to come out with the vintage VHS where it's like going to be like a V uh, like, like a micro VHS player. <laughs> and it's like, and it plays VHS videos. It would not surprise me. Oh shit. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. I do enjoy those packages, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But no, I haven't dug into too much Stephen King. I have, I've got the creep show thing is very extensive. And so yeah. I listened to the first commentary, I think of that. 
but um, I've got good more extras to to enjoy as well as than the maximum overdrive. But yeah, um, book wise, would be starting different seasons, um, which I was kind of waiting for this show to start back up to do. Yeah. So I'll probably do that anytime now. Yeah, I still need to catch up on his. Um, well, he put out that collection of short stories um, uh, that are all centered around flying, and then. Uh, okay. he put out the that shorts that novella that takes place in castle rock uh and i need to get that just because it takes place in castle rock yeah that's like i forget what that's called it's it's like a one word name um like enchanted or delighted or um, oh, it's not ringing a bell for some reason yeah def- christmas time is definitely not the time for Stephen king no. wonder, does he have any does he you would know elevation, probably better than anything what it is. what's it called elevation elevation is an e word a one a single e word irksome u2 song <laughs> great energy fucking ridiculous lyric <laughs> <laughs> uh wait. i'm sorry i cut you off what oh no i was wondering do you know does he have any christmas time set stories like stories that center around that holiday uh you know what i don't think he does i'm trying to think Wow, that's hard to imagine. Like with someone yeah. that has written so much that there wouldn't be something. I mean, so be, well, usually his stories too span like through the course of years, right? Like, um, yeah. uh, you know, like Pet Cemetery takes place over the course of like a year, right? From the year when they for the a, a school year, because uh, he yeah. comes to be a professor, like works at that university, um. But I can't think of any that just center on that holiday. I don't think that's a missed opportunity for him, or maybe there's a yeah. there must be a reason after all these years for him not to have done that. Let's check the supercomputer that I'm sitting in <laughs> yeah. front of. Uh, Twelve twisted tales for Christmas. Oh, you know what? In a roundabout way, yes, it does. The breathing method, which is mm. one of the stories that are in different seasons. Oh, um, it, and that's only so that story is a story being told, and so the time period that it's being told, um, in is in Christmas. Cool. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so not a, not a sizable king corner just yet, but yeah, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> um, so in all the like talking, I don't know if you noticed, like three times, Mika's like she's been like terrorizing in the background and like <laughs> climbing up and like walking across the keyboard. I'm waiting for her to kill the like, waiting for her to kill the like feed so like the whole show goes down and then like all kinds of bullshit. it's it's like living with a moody preteen that just like everything's theirs like this morning ash was like did you open did you open that that ball thing that you had and i was like ball thing what are you talking about this somehow mad ball mika found this and got it out of the packaging like totally destroyed all the collector integrity right there like it's gone i'm just kidding like i don't care about that shit like, it's, like what am i gonna do with the mad ball yeah like, the fact that it's getting used at all it's totally worth it but yeah so, i've been playing with that it's just 
she's just a tyrant <laughs> absolute tyrant i never thought i would like be flustered like that about a cat and i am <laughs> i could see the mad ball landed in the hallway so i'm just hoping that she pounces on it at any second <laughs> like in the frame like, just like ah! yeah, it's like over your right shoulder <laughs> so, oh, be great. Man. so our our, young, our our youngest dog l is uh she's the sweetest dog uh and really causes no problems of any kind and just spreads joy. Whereas our, our older dog, Maggie, has got all kinds of problems and a big attitude. <laughs> we love her too, but differently. But when Elle first came to live with us, she uh, you know, she's a rescue. And we didn't know like necessarily her history. And it she can still be a little skittish about some things, eating, whatever. But she I got this rare limited edition like i had to join jack white's club third man records to get this very special pearl jam release that came with like wicked special vinyl like a book and this one thing so he, jack white has this thing in his whatever his studio or i don't know it's like a thing i think you can even walk in off the street possibly like the old-fashioned like and cut a record like cut a 45 and it's just like direct to the to the record to the lathe or whatever like it yeah. would have been an old Holden days <laughs> but it's it's an eddie vetter song um actually one that ended up on uh i do that yearly mix it ended up on the yearly mix but not this version which came out in like 2015 or 16 because l ate it <laughs> oh. and i was so just like oh i was that was hard for me because you know yeah. i like my stuff <laughs> this is yeah song. i was just like why have you done this to me <laughs> like it has these you know anyway but oh, how I, can oh I know i know <laughs> yeah it, nothing is sacred and and everything is yeah it's ridiculous it's more it's more time talking about the shit that she the the fact that a, a 70 pound cat gets me this flustered <laughs> yeah it's more time than i want to spend talking about it right well you see how i'm letting that go with it my whatever pound dog did <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all, right, all right so how do we want to uh, how do we want to go you know, let's volley back you wanna, and forth you wanna, yeah let's let, you, let's trade off like we normally do yeah yeah and then, uh, i don't have mine in any particular order so it's not a countdown or anything like no, that i think i don't yeah i don't know how i arrived at the order i have so i'll try to maybe if i can make some connection to what you said do that yeah. or vice versa but um, yeah kick us off what uh what was the first thing like that you came that you wrote down and then took a picture of? <laughs> All right, I'll go. I'm going to go from the bottom up. So like, oh, so the, the last, last thing. Uh, yeah, the last thing I had. So they're not going to. I guess there would be an order here, just in the sense that the bottom of the list was definitely like I had to like work to figure these ones out. So, uh, so the one that replaced Morning Joe, uh, and was that show Big Mouth that I talked about a, a few episodes ago. Oh. Yeah, remind me though. Cause I, <laughs> the animated, it's the animated show uh, created by Nick Roll and uh, uh, it has uh, like Mike Delaney, and I think that's his name, is one of the voices on there. It's a bunch of like our uh, our age comics voicing characters that are going through puberty in middle school. Oh, and yeah. yes, uh, middle school was such an important time of my life to me, and I taught middle school and all of those things that uh, it, 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 the show is just amazing. To, it just it just strikes a chord 
for me. And the second season came out this year and it was just as good as the first season totally blew me away. And uh, yeah, so that, that was the first one on my list. Big Loved mouth. it. Very cool. what, Big what mouth. Pla- totally check it out. What, what, or what, what platform is that? Uh, Netflix. Netflix. Uh, oh, Netflix. Yeah. Uh, not for kids at all. By the way, uh, <laughs> do not like it. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, Jordan Peele does a voice for one of the characters. So, uh, like this weird side juxtaposition in the show, uh, Nick Kroll's character in his attic is the ghost of a jazz singer. Oh, I can't remember his name. A male jazz singer? Yeah. And Jordan Peele does the voice for it. Uh hang on. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. Is it a well like is it someone I might oh, know? Oh yeah, you would know. You would know the name. Hang it's on. Not like Louis Armstrong or no. uh Jimmy not Smith, but Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Uh who else? Shit. No. I don't fucking know jazz. I'm I'm saving that till I'm older and more distinguished. <laughs> <laughs> uh like if i'm just going down the like nick Kroll, john mulaney fred armison jesse klein uh jason manzukas oh yeah he's on the how did this get made podcast that i like I uh you. jordan peele duke ellington does the, oh okay he does the voice for the ghost of duke ellington uh maya rudolph jenny slate joe wingert oh, wow yeah uh and it just goes on and on so uh, totally a great show if, if you have access to Netflix or you have somebody's Netflix password. <laughs> I highly recommend checking it out. It's a good one. Excellent. Uh, I will do a, a TV as well. This one is uh, network TV, actually. It's a show called AP Bio, which I don't know if, whether or not we've talked about. No. That's um, it's uh, so I'm going to click on the IMDb just because I'm terrible at synopsizing things. And I love that they have a one-sentence version of what a show is. Uh, a former philosophy professor who takes a teaching job uh, or teaching AP biology uh, uses his students to get back at, a, at the people in his life who have wronged him, which that's a good description, but really it's this one guy in particular. So the main character played by um, Glenn Howar- Howerton from like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, um, he's a Harvard professor uh i think maybe he had like a failed dissertation or something like that anyway he's like a disgraced harvard graduate or or almost graduate or something as a nemesis who's doing really well and like like a popular philosopher somehow and it is so irreverent (laughs) um it's shocking to me that it's on network television because of like the way that it is he is so unlikable. <laughs> um, it's great, though. Uh, it's so fun, and the the cast of kids, like high school kids, make it really fun. So they want to, they want him to teach them biology, and he's determined not to. And he comes to school and sweats in like a cardigan every day, <laughs> and uh, he'll walk in the room and throw an apple against the wall, and we are like, "All right, everybody, start shutting up. We're going to figure out how to start getting back at Miles, my arch nemesis." And <laughs> Dang my high school ex-girlfriend as hard as I can tonight. That's, that's the kind of thing that he says. Um, and of course, there is a certain amount of like endearing stuff that happens between the kids, but they're very conscious of that. He's like, I know you think it's going to be this situation. I'm going to learn to like love you guys. He's like, 
Let me make something clear. I will never teach you AP bio at biology or anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really fun. Um, it's you know it's a weekly show. It's uh, coming back for season two. Looks like. Season two, on- one comes back in March, and it it's on Hulu. You can watch. It's on it. Hulu. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mentioned my criteria earlier. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff as I was going down through the list of like things I saw in movies. It started with movies. It was like, what will I remember most fondly and be likely to revisit in years to come? And already, the Brian and I have rewatched this show. Though, of course, we haven't seen the last episode of the season because the bride is the bride and then the things that she likes most does not want to finish. So I think by the time season two comes out, we'll be allowed to watch that episode. <laughs> but we've seen season one twice. Other than that, um, we start, um, when her sister and uh, our nephews came for um, Thanksgiving, I guess probably would have been just after our last session. Um, we watched, started to watch that show with them and they loved it and we... Uh, the the nephews, not the parents. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, so we watch it again, and it was so it was great the second time. Um, actually, if you go to if you search AP Bio and go to um, the NBC site, I will make a note to put this. I think what I'll do, maybe you can tweet stuff, but I'll put the when the episode gets published on YouTube, the edited version, I'll put links to some of the stuff in the description because I find that useful as a YouTube. Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, so I'll put a, a link to the the NBC site, which has these kind of highlight videos. Um, our favorite character is this uh, really like geeky girl, like super thin, big glasses, and her name is Heather. And she says the craziest stuff. That, it's such an incongruous thing, like her, what you would think she would say and do to what she actually does. And so there's this clip about like Heather is kind of a boss. She calls him boss. Uh, anyway, it's such a delightful show, but it's like That's super awesome. edgy for yeah um, for what it is. So that'd be my uh, first. Awesome. AP. Uh, yep. One down. Twenty minutes later. One down each. thought we did good. <laughs> um. All right. Uh. So my next one is this one is weird because it's not i'm not into i i was were you, were you into wrestling at all when you were a kid not really not the way i've been into other stuff but i was aware of it like and i think my okay. grandparents my paternal grandparents were so okay. we had like the rubberish figures of like yeah. under the giant and junkyard dog and jimmy superfly snooker and so i five someone over that recently my they remembered those days my peripheral my brother was, you know, he was 10 years older than me. So that he was right at all of those names. I knew every one of those names you just said. But that was the era of wrestling that like he was really into it and I was growing up. And so like I was like just in my periphery, right? Um HBO made a documentary on Andre the Giant, and it's on uh so the HBO on demand. If you have access to that, um, it's on there and you can watch it. I, it was, well, first off to, uh, from the perspective, just that nostalgia to see all of these characters, um, Hulk Hogan, uh, the guy that, uh, Ric Flair, um, 
Iron Sheik. <laughs> Iron Sheik is in it, actually. Um, Vince McMahon, uh, the like guy that owns the WWE now or WWF at the time. Yeah, that's how I remember. He, he's yeah. in it, and all of them are out of character. Like they're just being oh. themselves and like being reminiscent about their relationship with Andre the Giant. And uh, so there's that aspect of it that it like just hit all these nostalgia buttons for me. But then like from the perspective of just being a big person, uh, not, you know, I'm not big in the same way that Andre the Giant was big, but I can relate to some of his problem, like it, which was a big focus of the documentary of just like, they always came back to how uncomfortable it was for him to exist on this planet that was not made for him mm. and uh, and how he worked all the time to like not let that show, but it was there, you know, and so the documentary was just like just really it, it was one of those documentaries where it was like you're only like modestly like like moderately interested in the the topic uh, and you're like, well, I'm just going to this just happens to be what I landed on. And then it ends up engrossing you. And you're just like, this is fascinating to just, he was so huge. He was just a gigantic man. Like you could put, and they show at one point, like a ring that he takes off and it's like, and you could pass an egg through it. It was so big. Oh my God. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. I had no idea who was that big. <laughs> um, there's some pretty famous photos of of a Sports Illustrated um, article about him. And have you seen any of those photos? I don't think so. Uh, let me just find. There's there's a pretty it's a it's a pretty well known one. Because I can't multitask. It, it, it's a picture of Andre the Giant holding a beer. And you, it doesn't even look. It looks like it's it's photoshopped. Um, new tab. No, I'll just share my screen so you can see it. Oh, that's not it. <laughs> Is this the picture? <laughs> Here, look at this. Oh my god. <clears throat> it, I mean, it, it just, he's just gigantic. He's just like this big dude. And they tell these amazing stories. He was known um, for his drinking and his eating. Uh, and Ric Flair tells this story about how one night they drank, he drank, oh, he drank like 120 some beers. Oh, here's a good picture. Look, that's him on an airplane uh, flying to Tokyo. Oh, that's another famous picture of his. Wow. Um, but he drank like 125 beers or something in one sitting with like Jesus. in one drinking session with him and Ric Flair. And uh, where's my stop sharing? There it is. And so uh, and they're the, they like closed the hotel bar. And so they're like, you got to go to your room. And so he's, they're walking back through the lobby of the hotel and Andre the giant just like passed out, like right in the lobby. And, uh, and it's Ric Flair telling this story, not as Ric Flair, like as him as a normal person. And he's telling this story and like the hotel manager comes over and he's like, what are we going to do? What do we got to do? Like, 
And like Ric Flair's like, call tow truck man. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and so he like just walks and gets on the elevator and goes to bed. He said the next morning he comes down and they had put like eight blankets over him, like to cover him up and like gave him this pile of pillows. But Andre the Giant was like in the middle of this busy hotel lobby, <laughs> like sawing logs. Cause if Andre the Giant decides that's where he's going to pass out, that's where he's going to pass out, you know? Like, uh, and it's just, it like, it just, I don't know. It was really endearing to me and really tragic and really like to see Vince McMahon, like be so open and candid about it and honest. He did not, even he did not paint himself in like the best light. It was really, um, you could tell he had some regrets about how, uh, how everything had gone down. Was, they was, like exploited him yeah essentially yeah. like to build the they built the, the the case is made in the documentary that the wwf existed because of andre the giant like because of his them using his name to promote the 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 federation so um isn't it his face on that famous banksy like obey it's not it's art? not banksy it's the artist that did the um Obama, the famous Obama. Portrait. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's that artist. Right. Who's the, let, let me see here. Uh, Shepard Ferry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And he's the one, the, the hope portrait of Obama. Yeah. He's the artist of that, but uh, that is Andre the giant. It's a photo, uh, a manipulated photo of Andre the giant in that famous obey image. Yeah. yeah. Before I knew better, I used to think that was uh, a tenacious D thing, and it was KG. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I did incidentally watch um, the uh, post apocalypto like the movie on. Yeah, YouTube. yeah, was it was good? fun, and there was yeah. there was a lot more like to it than the the songs are just part of I it. Obviously, was drunk when we found that, and I forgot all about it until just this moment. Yeah, like, so. it, uh, yeah, it's fun. It uh, there's a lot. You know what? I really got the sense I have nothing to back this up other than just my intuition was that it was largely improvised, like on mic. It's the whole thing felt improvised. Yeah. And then they animated it and made awesome. songs. Maybe yeah. they had the songs or something, yeah. possibly. Uh, like use those to steer the the dialogue. Like perhaps. use the songs to steer the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all them, like doing the voices, obviously, and stuff. Um, but some of the conclusions that they draw are just the way that the story moves. I don't know. It was um, it was fun. It was very it like was on YouTube, vulgar. right? Yeah, it's still on YouTube and, okay. and free for everybody. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can watch like in, they release it as installments and then ultimately all together. The one disappointment I had was that one of my favorite songs, like um, is it just called "Fuck Yo Yo Ma"? I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like when, when Jack leaves and goes to space, and then uh, KG is like sad, and there's this beautiful ballad. <laughs> like, anyway, uh, that actually isn't in the movie. Movie, it's like an instrumental where they basically show what what Got is it. being discussed. Um, but and then there's an awful lot of like cartoons of blowjobs and stuff. So that that stuff's a little <laughs> weird, but. It, it's a little weird in general, but it, it was fun. I'm glad I took the time to watch it. Awesome. And I did watch the entire Hot Ones uh, thing as well, which was which. Was oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah. Uh, that's a great episode. Because, uh, yeah. again, out of character. That was what made me think character. of it. That that and the, the, the Obey poster. 
it really like it it's it's something to because it's really e Jack Black plays that character from Tenacious D just about all the time. Yeah, and that's like a pretty exaggerated part of his personality, but like right. a really consistent one. <laughs> yes. And so and everything. Uh and well, and this is just a tenacious D train. It just keeps on going because he just started his own YouTube channel. A, 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 Jack focuses, Black did? Yeah, that focuses on gaming. Gaming. Really? Yeah. And That's his first right. episode is on pinball. He's at the pinball hall what? of fame. Yeah, oh. I know. It's crazy. He's got That's a big beard like mine, too. It like puffs out like this. Like, yeah, yours is looking good. Moto commented. I, yeah, I, 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 I know. I saw that. Like, it's looking sweet. Yeah, you just don't just don't touch it. And be willing to eat your mustache every meal. That's it can look just like this. <laughs> yeah, I hate. I that's my least favorite part is that I just the in this is the least or this is the best trained I've ever had my mustache. But I still now it's so long. I mean, because it it I mean it goes like it's a oh, big Jesus. You wow. know. Oh my God! Yeah. And so, like, I'll eat, and if it gets caught, it it just is like it's back to my hanging ball. Like, I gotta pull it out, and then oh, like the you know like sounds horrendous. Yeah, it's awful. And then like the and then I might close my lips around it, and so then the food gets jammed into the mustache. So I'm like trying to like pull food out of the mustache. It's it's awful and terrible, and it's a fight every day to keep it. And, <laughs> let it go any longer so funny because it's like there's this is a certain amount of like not doing anything to yeah. maintain but then or to get it there but then like dealing with it an awful lot <laughs> yeah you got to deal with it and i got i put mustache wax in it every morning to try to like keep it over in the size and i'm constantly doing this where i'm like i feel like i'm playing with it all the time that's what she said yeah <laughs> um no, but for real, we got to pick it up. What's your next one on your list? Oh, yeah. uh, just hit us with the title of that Andre the Giant documentary one more time. I forgot. What I think it's Andre the Giant. Oh, it's called okay. I, I I think, or maybe just Andre. Let me see here. Um. Yeah. So far for year two, like I am not familiar with them, and uh, yeah, Andre the Giant is what the name of the cool. or Giant. Uh, not Giant, like the James Dean movie. I guess it's been no Andre the Giant is what it's called. Right. An HBO sports documentary, Andre the Giant. Yeah, I'd be into that. Um, it's it's totally worth a, 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 a view. It's it's. Do you have if you have access to HBO, it's on their documentaries. Think, we might know someone who would loan us their HBO, who maybe has. We've never took advantage of it. Um, I don't know that I have anything directly similar, but I happen to click on Cobra Kai, <laughs> so. Um, I loved that series so very much, um, you know, for, and we devoted an entire episode to it that has one of my favorite thumbnails of all of our shows, which is you kind of dressed up like the Cobra Kai, uh, fighter. Um, it, uh, yeah. So if you go to long walk, short drink episode 52, you can hear us talk for hours and hours about how much we collectively love the show cobra kai as well as the karate kids saga but just a quick recap it's 10 half hour episodes of awesome <laughs> picking up uh 30 years after the events of the karate kid films and uh showing where uh daniel larusso is showing uh what happened to uh his his nemesis in the first film johnny lawrence it's a much more balanced approach <laughs> 
to the story and just delightful beyond belief. So it's so awesome. Like, and so bingeable, totally worth it. If you get the free, like do your free trial of YouTube premium just to watch that show, but then you'll fall in love with YouTube premium and want to keep it FYI, uh, which it's worth it. Totally worth it. Okay, have you got like, so at this point you've had access to YouTube premium. Have yeah, you got stuck on a computer that you weren't logged in on and had to go to YouTube and then deal with ads again yet? Oh yeah. Well, actually I try not, I get, yeah, I try not to use that, that account very much. For, oh, okay. I don't know why. Well, I think part of it too is, you know, the uh, Google is attached to most emails in some yeah. way, unless you're on AOL. Does that even exist? I don't know. Like all of my email accounts are essentially through the Google app. And sometimes right. I'm having to do things through my job to where I have yeah. to be really careful about what account I'm locked in. And I have various for myself. So, um, yeah, I don't usually use it, but I, so I'm still in the world of ads. Generally. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I can imagine that would be really game changer. I can't, I can't use YouTube anywhere else like that other than something I'm logged into. It's so painful. What I do, what I have started to use a little bit, uh, and I used it for the Tenacious D album actually was through the Google suite, the Google play app attached to the long walk, short drink account. Um, because when I tried to listen to the post apocalypto album on Spotify, which is the only, well, I don't even really have an account to many of them. So, but like, it didn't seem to let me listen in order. Like it would shuffle them. I was like, oh. yeah. And of course there's ads. I'm like, fuck this. This is not what I want. And the song and the album goes from one song to the next. Like there's stuff that you can't shuffle that. Cause then your skitches are anyway. Yeah. yeah. Up. So, that I do have that on my phone <laughs> and I have been using that. Yeah. yeah very delightful. And Google Play Music is really awesome. That eventually is going to get phased. Google's going to phase that out. And then you're going to switch to it's it's uh like YouTube music is what it's called. Oh, sure. Okay. Which is a separate app, a separate from the YouTube app. So you could oh, wow. put that on your phone and log into that and you'd be all right. That's, um yeah, I mostly was just concerned about cluttering up the but I, I, I guess I forget sometimes that, yeah, you've got your own uh, account on that, then me using the long walk short drink will mess it up. But but thus far, I've only used it to watch Cobra Kai, which, uh, yeah, fucking rocks. And, <laughs> if well, you're listening to this and don't have Google, I mean, if God, somehow this is your first, I do notice sometimes people hop in at this time of the year for us and then maybe hop off. But uh, if you're interested in this Cobra Kai thing but don't have YouTube Premium, the first two episodes are... I think still you can watch. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can check it out. Um, since we're, cause this will help us move quickly. I'm going to touch yeah. on another one that we have a full episode devoted to. So go back and listen to that episode, uh, which is castle rock. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was just a nice, um, it, it, it's great to see that Stephen King is permeating enough that people are building in his universe that's not him uh which that that show really you know movies are like adaptations of his work already these are stories and 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 pathways to characters that he didn't make and and that makes me hopeful that there will always be a Stephen King universe even if there's not always a Stephen King so mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. I'm sure that's true. God, I, I, I hope so. I really, I really hope so. 
Um, so Castle Rock would be the next one. Go back and listen to our Castle Rock episode to hear all about that great show. If you yeah. want to see that, that's on Hulu. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, excellent. Okay. Um, well, I'll stick with... I have got one more TV, um, and it is Killing Eve, which I talked a little bit about. Would have been my Dave Diggs for Long Walk Short Drink 49, but I think we were still watching it. Um, uh, but I we have finished it now and rewatched half of it with the bride's dad and, and her stepmom. So again, it was like it's holding up to like wanting to rewatch and enjoying rewatching it. So um, I just went to uh, I'm terrible at synopsizing, so I went to Wikipedia, but that's not a good idea. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm gonna have to try it. <laughs> it's, but I, I can tell you, it's a uh, it's a BBC America show that is also available on Hulu. Uh, if you have a Hulu subscription, and it, that's the the killer in that show is the woman that does the voice for the robot in Solo, right? Is that the oh, actually no? Um, the, the connection there is that the Phoebe Waller Bridge, the voice of the robot in Solo, she developed the property from a novel, so she's actually not in the show. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but I think she has, she seems to have, I would say have a lot to do with the, she's credited as, as the creator. And I think, far, and, and I know, I guess the, so the, the one line thing is a, the, of what it's about is a security operative hunts an assassin. Um, and it's mostly about these two women, like the assassin and then, then the person tracking her. Um, Sandra O oh just won a golden globe for playing Eve, the uh, the investigator, the security operative, and Jodie Comer, who plays the Villanelle uh, character, that, and it's based on a series of novels called Villanelle. Um, both of them are amazing. Um, Jodie Comer, for me, is the standout. She's unreal. Like, how much fun this sociopath is. Like, it, she, it, and I guess the credit then to Phoebe Waller-Bridge is this the general sensibility of it that is unexpected. Um, it's it's somehow really funny and touching. It just kind of got a quirky way about it that I haven't seen before. Uh, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, we looked up her other show uh, called Fleabag, which is also quite good. She's in it. It's different, but it shares a little bit of that British irreverent. Um, I've heard of that too. That sounds familiar too. Yeah, what did we watch? I feel like we watched that on Prime. And yeah. that was another one where the bride, we were enjoying it, so she <laughs> saved the last episode. Son of a bitch. It's tough. (laughs) It's it's, I need closure. I need fucking closure, man. Like I can't like like, I gotta move on. She'll watch it, but she needs to have something more to look forward to with those characters. Oh man, no, fuck that. I just want closure. Like, let's just get it over with. It's hard for me, but I've been with her a while, so I've I've no 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 no. I mean, of course. No, I'm the same way. I I really like the satisfaction of like moving through. Because um, then I can reflect on it as a whole and be like, "Wow, that ending!" You know, and yeah, like, like forget. Um, yeah, we went back to killing or not killing. When we went back to uh, Fleabag, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And it's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, yeah. No, I want, I want the closure. I want the closure. Uh, and Fleabag is coming back um, for a second season after like a long. I think it came out in 2016, maybe, and now it's coming back in 2019. Probably as she was off doing Killing Eve, de- you know, developing it and solo <laughs> um but yeah i mean i the the writing of it is really fun all of the performances are amazing 
um, from all the cast, but like the two leads, of course, are are what it's worth watching for. And yeah, again, I've cut like come back to it. Like I, I was impressed, but as I probably mentioned time and again in this, like there's a lot of things I really dug this year and was surprised like, oh, I guess I didn't pick that, but I'm not going to take any of these other things away. <laughs> because, right. Anyway, so Killing Eve, I can't recommend highly enough. Super cool. Super um, fun. A little fucked up. I will. I, I have another television show too, and this is my last television show actually. Okay. Uh, mine is The Good Place, which it did not start this year. It's been on for I think the oh, third yeah, season. Yes, Kristen, Kristen Bell in that, yeah. and uh, my standout performer in that show is Ted Danson. It, yeah, he is just like it. It it's so his character is so different than any of his past characters. And it's, it's just amazing. He just plays it so perfect. Him and then, um, who's the operating system? Janet. Janet. Like, I don't the, know the actress's name, but yeah, she and does fantastic. Played everyone. Like she assumed. I'm sorry, did I spoil it? <laughs> I think it's a no. lot. So we saved it for a long time, and I didn't see it till recently. But she plays like it was this thing where they're all in Janet's operating system. oh no we don't know that yet don't spoil it no i don't oh uh, sorry anyway there's there's a there's maybe, a i don't very know if Janet we know that one episode uh yeah it's kind of like she does impersonations of her when you think about it like that but she does a great job the actress does a great job she is so fantastic and when she plays evil janet it's just like oh man like, yeah just oh i just hit my teeth again what's up <laughs> what i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> had like a beer and a half actually for the first time I hit my teeth i had, had a sip of beer yeah. <laughs> uh oh created by michael Schur, who's moe's from the office for people who know the office and it's four people and their otherworldly frenemy struggle in the afterlife to define what it means to be and, good. and, and really the the whole cast is stellar they're all really good the philosophy is amazing yeah uh, Fun. I mean, it's kind of fun. It's like a good if you took and taken some introductory philosophy courses, which I have. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't think I mean because I've only I literally have only taken a introductory course in philosophy during my undergrad, so that was a long yeah. time ago, and it still is. If, I mean, they do a great job because the main character is a layman trying to understand philosophy, so. That's the whole center yeah. of the show. So the whole show centers around trying to get you to understand these very high level ph philosophical ideals. So yeah, and then um, you have one guy, Chidi, who is a scholar and is like he cannot make decisions because yeah. of all these different philosophies that he tries to weigh in his mind about everything. And so that's kind of a thing. And then you have this one guy, Jason, who's like a it's a hero's yeah. journey. Yeah, the, yeah. the whole show's yeah. a hero's journey. Of course, yeah. Uh, and different people coming, starting at different places. But like the Ted Danson character, this is so fucked up. If you haven't seen the show, like to hear it described, he's a demon <laughs> that masterminds the uh, after. Yeah. Spoilers for season one, because oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course, for, for yeah. a 2016 television show. Yeah, FYI, what season is it on? Uh, I think this is uh, oh, the third season. Season two. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. At so, some point, Janet will impersonate people. Hopefully, that's not too much. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. So how far along are you then in that? I show? thought we were caught up, but that that episode does not sound familiar. That is the most recent episode. Uh, so, 
Oh yeah, season three, episode nine, Janet's. I see that right there. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, great I show. It, though, if you if you like, yeah. It. Actually, the the girl, girl, the woman, the actress that plays um, Tahani. Yeah, she um, she's on. She does like a regular bit on Carson Daly, which I only know because the bride is pretty uh, savvy about following a lot of these people on social media, who she likes, like, and so she likes. Uh, Kristen Bell. She likes Tahani. <laughs> Tahani is fuck. Ja, Jamila Jamil. Oh. Yeah, is that right? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. So, so she will tape like Carson Daly to watch her, and she does like these guest interviews. But anyway, she's a really fun um, person. Herself. Do you know? So they, she, somewhere in the Golden Globes, they like put up a name card. Oh, I do know about this. And instead yeah. of putting her actual in person name. Yeah, <laughs> they put the name of her character's sister. Yeah, who's from like the good rival. place. Yeah, who in in the show The Good Place, those sisters like she, she's always playing second fiddle to this sister, and so like it would totally like chap the ass of her character for them to have put the her sister's name down there, uh, which I thought was funny. They had I I mean that had to have been intentional, right? Like somebody was fucking with her. Like I don't know. Um, all right, so good place. What's your next one? Let uh, um, rapid fire two pick two that you just get to see what they are. Oh, excellent! I know one for sure, super quick. Uh, Noah Gunderson's song Heavy Metals. Okay, I talk about it in episode 51 of our show at great length. Uh, it makes me cry every time. Um, what's another one I could do quickly? It's harder for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can, I can, this is another one I can definitely refer to other stuff. So the very first one that I came across, cause it was early in the year for me was the, the disaster artist, both the book and the movie. And then also the room. I hadn't seen the room. Wasn't aware of that. I was aware of it as a cult thing, but I didn't even know why. Are you lumping those together? I'm lumping those all together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have two that I'm lumping together too. So that's, okay. I, have, I have a few like that where it's kind of a clump of stuff. Okay. Um, so the one was just that one song, Noah Gunderson, heavy metals. Uh, look it up. Fucking great. Um, the disaster artist, the book, which is basically the book uh, written by Greg Sestero, the full, the full title of which is the, my life inside the room, the greatest bad movie ever made. And then that book came out in 2013. The Room, which is talking about, came out in 2003, but I came to it all through the attention it received because James Franco made a movie of it in 2018, in which he yeah. stars as Tommy Wiseau, the guy who stars in and directs and writes The Room, and about whom much of the narrative is based for the book, The Disaster Artist by his friend Greg Sestero. Super fun, like telling of a bad movie yeah <laughs> i don't know it's more than that though it's about the friend the unlikely friendship of those two guys it's about because like, they were like, genuine friends like they became yeah, genuine they became friends genuine, and they still are um they made um i think like a pair of movies my best fiend friend like with r in parentheses oh yeah is that the yeah. mortician one yeah yeah where it's I a mean, fictional thing and, I, I and that's, that's the one like he got actual good like kudos like tommy Wiseau, like actually yeah. acted well in it right that's what I've heard, and I think it's now something that everyone can see. I think they were taking it around and showing it in person for a while, but I think it's something we can all find now. But, but yeah, any and all those things. I can't. I 
I think I listen. Yeah, I listened to the book first. I have the book. I, I bought it because I liked. I just two wanted, things, just the names, just the names, oh, right, just the names. That's the best that I can do for just names. <laughs> <laughs> that, but go to Long Walk Short Drink Thirty Nine if you want to hear more about it. I'm okay. trying to get you out of here so that we're at least a little early for the bride. No, no, that no, that's good. I mean, like, like I said, I and I like the idea too that these are windows into other stuff we could talked about in other yeah. other episodes. I know Roe was like, "Oh shit!" Like I didn't even know this existed. So, if you don't, um, oh hi Mark, exactly. If you want to hear more, oh hi Mark Roe, you can listen to episode thirty nine. <laughs> uh, so this one I have not mentioned on the show, so I don't have a reference for it. But uh, this is just a song because I. I've really been struggling with mental illness this year, like in my, like personally in my own way. Right. And, uh, this song came out later in the year and, uh, the song it, it, it's all it's so the song is Bishop Briggs baby. I'm supposed to do two, just the name Bishop Biggs. I'm not as, uh, Briggs. Well, yeah. You don't have to <laughs> just baby. Say what you want to say. Uh, but the song is basically it's it's a love song, but it's she singing about the man that she loves, and the chorus goes like, "Yeah, he's got a fucked up head, but he's so damn good in bed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's fucking crazy, but he's still my baby. That's how it goes, right? Is it but like the, a fun song or, or? Oh yeah, no, it's a it's a great song. It's just, it's just like the video is amazing. Uh, it's this awesome animated video." But then the opening of the song is like she's like she's like I I love it when uh he puts my seat back uh reaches down pulls a piece of cake but he doesn't she doesn't say piece of cake out his backpack and for Ash's birthday I did that like I I so I came in and I hit I had that song all timed up that it started playing randomly and I just turned around and picked up my backpack and pulled a piece of cake out of it. And like, uh, it's totally surprised her and it was hilarious. So, uh, so yeah, uh, great song. Totally check that out. Other one, just the name. Uh, it's a platform that is dead, but if you go on YouTube and just search, best vines or vine compilations or anything with vine in it it's the funniest seven seconds of your life like that, the limit of the, the vine app yeah so like the the platform was vine and it's it's defunct now but the whole point of vine was you could you could upload a seven second video it's like twitter but with video yeah so yeah. like oh yeah and Man, some of the best comedy. I mean, you, you have to think like it's impossible to be funny in seven seconds. But man, Ash and I will watch these things. And like some of them we've seen a hundred times at this point, And we still bust our ass laughing at them. Like, so. Awesome. Yeah. Anything with Vine in the title. Search it on YouTube. Good deal. Those there are my was, two. There was this like kid I encountered uh, when I was playing music in Kent. Nicholas Margolis, I might be saying his name wrong, but he he was an he was super young, unbelievable, like infuriatingly talented, like uh. just it was otherworldly. It was like this fucking kid. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a kid, kid. But uh, 
And so I don't know what he's doing now, but I do remember when that platform was uh, really like a thing. He was he was very very popular on it. Like yeah. anyone, he was like a Vine star of sorts. He was living in New York at the time and probably only nineteen. But uh, uh, there's that, and uh, the seven second part just reminded me of this thing the bride's been obsessed with lately that was on Twitter. It's a longer clip of this woman like talking, southern woman talking really like sweetly to watching her. I'm going to say a pug. It's not a pug, but it's a kind of squishy dog like that. Yeah. White, all white, playing in the mud. And she's like, oh, oh, oh. And, and for a while. And then the dog starts to move towards the house. And she's like, oh, no, don't go in there. <laughs> <laughs> the way it escalates in a super short time to her scream, which is, I did it better than I thought I would. I've never, I've literally never, ever seen the bride laugh this hard. She was incapacitated and crying, <laughs> and she'd already seen it a bunch of times. It was yeah. just like late at night. She's like, "Come in here, you guys see this?" We watched it like four times, and she was dying. And it does. It's funny every time, and it's probably the last seven seconds that are so ludicrous. Yeah. It cuts off too. Oh, I'm that's sure awesome. all those fine videos must because. Uh, anyway. Oh yeah, some of them. That's the funny part is the way yeah. they cut off, like. Yeah. Uh, so man, yeah. So vine comps. All right. Um. So I how many? Me. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh. So let's see. Um. I have so, several of mine are these like clump type things that okay. also reference other stuff. So, uh, one of them is Frankenstein 200. My okay. favorite book is Frankenstein. It celebrated its 200th anniversary this year. It was released on New Year's Day. Watch that unboxing of that beautiful yeah. like recreation yeah. of her notebook. Boxing of the manuscript, everything just fell. It's continuing to fall. Oh god! Oh. <laughs> so oh. much things changed oh, in that room that the lighting changed. <laughs> that that's sad. So sad. Much Anything, shit fell that the lighting changed in the uh, end of the shot. That's crazy. Fuck. <laughs> Anyway, so I do an unboxing of this manuscript, which is amazing. It's on our YouTube channel. Um, I read, oh, it's on the fucking ground now, but I read, I I physically read this new annotated uh, hardcover edition by, edited by Leslie Klinger that I'm almost finished with like some of the afterwards stuff. Um, I had opportunity to, to see a play called Playing with Fire. And this was something I didn't know, but like one of my favorite like VHS tapes that I still have is this A&E documentary about Frankenstein that came out in 1994 when the Kenneth Branagh movie was released. It's hosted by Roger Moore for I don't know what reason, um, but kind of goes back over the phenomenon of Frankenstein, where it came from and its impact on popular culture and in profile some of the movies. Um, but it's main stop talking about the theater, which is actually the place where there's been the most iterations of Frankenstein, even more than the hundreds and hundreds of films is theater. Because the first wow. theatrical, the first popular theatrical play came out in 1923 or 1823, sorry. Jeez. Like, anyway, but uh, so the one that they profiled turned out to be the one that I saw in Minneapolis this year. So it originated in Minneapolis. Like they're saying this in this documentary you know, decades before I would ever live here or see it. Uh, it's it's um, created by Barbara Field, and it originated at the Guthrie Theater here in 1988, and it centers around Victor and the creature and they're in this kind of like dance that they have together. Not dance dance, but 
you know, they pursue each Victor pursues the creature to the pole, the North Pole, and it's like them having these long philosophical discussions, rehashing their, you know, interactions. Why did you make me all this stuff? It sort of takes place after the like an extended ending of the book or something. But wow, in the documentary that I rewatched, they called it like the high point, the high art of the Frankenstein theater, and that's yeah, awesome. Like I was front row center for it, and so. That was kind of cool to reflect on. Um, I also went to not the theater theater, but the movie theater because the National Theater, National Theater Live out of uh, England did their, um, like, I don't know if it's satellite or whatever, they did a revival of the 2011 play directed by Danny Boyle and intermittently starring Benedict Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller. They alternated roles of Victor and the Creature and I saw both versions of that uh, in the movie theater this year, which was awesome. And NPR did a, uh, their Science Friday program did a podcast, like a book club of Frankenstein. So the, just some of the ways I sort of celebrated this uh, anniversary. So I talk more about it on LWSD 55. One of my goals for this year, actually, I would not have expected this, but in 2003, where I was going to community college in North Carolina, I they happened to be doing a theatrical production of Frankenstein. And I took, I mentioned this on that episode. I took it upon myself to like adapt the 1818 text <laughs> yeah. online to this. Hey, uh, I don't know this fucking huge binder here. Wait, I can, I can. So big. Nice booty. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this mother... I mean, this is like both drafts. Never could be produced. And ultimately, they, <laughs> just, they just staged an early edition of the of the Frank Darabont adaptation. But anyway, I, I had it in my head that it was horrible. And it's not that it's not horrible, but it's better than I thought when I like brought it up to just see what it was like. And um, there's a really like nicely condensed three-hour version of... Uh, audiobook that Kenneth Branagh performs um, that, that was released when the movie was that uh, so like I love that book it's my favorite book a lot of the movies etc but I've long had this idea that I've really wanted to make a sort of postmodern movie version that really sticks to the language of the book like Baz Luhrmann did with like Romeo and Juliet for Shakespeare and stuff where you keep the text but like update the setting and um, so I love the language of the book, and the monster is really ver like verbose and articulate in ways that are usually not seen. And uh, so I had this idea. I was like, "Well, I can basically like a three-hour play is not unfathomable. <laughs> it's not ideal, but it's not out of the question." And so I thought, if I can basically listen to that three-hour book and make sure that I have also edited out all of the pieces that they have, I could probably arrive at a reasonable length. Uh, thing that it, at least is not like unmanageable to even read. <laughs> so, um, so I'm gonna do that. I'm like, I think I spent a couple hours one night and got through like the first 25 minutes of the audiobook and however many pages of the play. And so it's in the public domain. So one of my goals for the year is gonna be to just whittle that down. I created like a black box version of a of the play to where it's it's just the text of the book spoken aloud in a kind of condensed and creative um, con 
you know, approach. Like, but nice. creative is a minimalist. Anyway, so, so there you go. Not, not, not really fast, obviously, but kind of a multifaceted, larger topic. Frankenstein 200 has come to a close, as has my <laughs> encapsulation thereof. What's your next one? Um, I, this is going to be a quick one. This was uh, the self-help book that was on um, my list was Unfuck Yourself, recommended by fellow cast member Double D. Nice. <clears throat> um, all the self-help books, this is the other reason, probably a, one of the subconscious reasons uh, that I had, did not finish out with my 12 self-help books was um, I got through like the, the three or four that I got through the main gist was just like, don't you have to make the choice not to let shit bother you that uh, at the end of the day, oh, and I'm just like, I'm not going to keep listening to these things. If that's, they're just going to keep telling me that. <laughs> oh, I got like, it. I got it. Like, <laughs> all right, I got to make the choice. I'll just try to do better. I guess uh, I, I, I am grossly, grossly, grossly underrepresenting that book it actually is really good it's worth going through you might want to go to um audibletrial.com slash lwsd download any of the audiobooks we're talking about except for the kenneth the well maybe the kenneth bronner one might be on there or not it may not be but there is but you don't have there's public domain versions of frankenstein on audio you yeah. don't have to do an audio audio trial for it um audible trial for it but do so to support us. <laughs> yeah, um, but no. But you, if you're going to do that, then get unfuck yourself or pet cemetery or uh, any different seasons. That part is read by Greg Sestero, who does the best Tommy was Yeah, exactly. So, um, anyways, so yeah, unfuck yourself. Great book. Very good. Did you read Ego is the Enemy as one of those? I did not. Okay, I would hear about. Um, one of the podcasts I like is uh, ID10T. It used to be Nerdist. It's Chris Hardwick's podcast, and uh, he would talk a lot about some of these same books that you were reading. You know, trying to improve in similar ways. And um, he had an interview with a guy that did Ego as the Enemy recently, that I really liked. Um, got me thinking about. Actually, got me thinking about some of those goal things. So yeah, uh, but unfuck yourself. Cool. Yeah, I, <laughs> there's this funny thing where I. Uh, the uh, one of the ones you read, if I recall, is the un, uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and I I I came to um, I looked at a bunch of those books. They had them like in this big stand at the bookstore at the college where I worked, or work. I still work there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> went to this bookstore on a day that was in the past. Anyway, um, uh, so I looked at some of those books, and there was a lot. They they were like parody versions of those books, and so it was a bunch of stuff. And we had this, uh, I guess, dinner party or something in the last few months. And uh, my wife has this uh, friend at work who is this uh, guy that he's just like, who is this man that deals with you? <laughs> that like, that, like is your husband. And like, how yeah. do we survive all this? <laughs> is their joke <laughs> kind of? Uh, and I'm not entirely, I'm not entirely convinced he's not interested in her. So I have like. You know, <laughs> oh yeah. When he came over, I'm like, okay, here's my VHS thing, and next we're gonna go see the karate in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually do that. But that's what I threatened to do. I got roundhouse kick. There's more. Just time. so you know. Yeah, it's like you want to see. We're you ever, see, this is you ever <laughs> have you ever heard of a two inch punch before? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's a very nice man. Anyway, he seems to enjoy her, which makes 
fucking end him. Appreciate. Yeah. There's that. But yeah. I bring that up because uh, that subtle art of not giving a fuck. Somebody was talking about a one of those spoof type versions that they really liked. And I mentioned how I had picked up. I was intrigued by whatever they described because I picked up the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I leafed through it and I put it down. I was like, the tone of this, I'm just, I'm too sensitive for that. Like, this is yeah. not good for me. And yeah. as soon as I said that aloud, like, <laughs> My wife and her friend just erupted in laughter. (laughs) (laughs) Being married to who I'm married to, it's that I couldn't even deal with that book. But that's how I felt about it. So, with that in mind, and knowing the tone of that book, which is probably not as bad as I'm suggesting, um, the one that you just mentioned, what was it called? It was the Unfuck Yourself. Unfuck Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fuck is in the title. In the total same vein. You know. Still a little yeah. bit of that sardonic. Any, kind of- I think any of those self-help books that have a swear word in the title of them are all going to be around this. Because my wife bought me, I didn't even, I haven't even read this one. Uh, uh, but it's like you are a badass is like the name of it. Oh yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, them. and and I think it's the same thing where it's just like you have the power to make the choice that but you they can kind of make it a little comedic and a little like biting. yeah, yeah, and a little biting, yeah. Uh, but I that uh, um unfuck yourself was the best, and the audiobook is read by the author, just like the subtle art of giving a fuck, of not giving a fuck, is read by the author as well. I think, um, but there, uh, yeah, unfuck yourself, I liked better. Nice, so. yeah, I'm, I'm, I might, I might venture, in. so maybe that'd be one from I could give it a shot. And he's <laughs> Scottish, so he's oh, got. Oh, it's yeah, but an understandable Scottish, so yeah. you can like get through the accent. It it it's just subtle enough that it's it's worth it. So cool, cool. Um, so book wise, uh, I put uh, David Lynch's Room to Dream, which was oh. his uh, memoir slash biography. It's like a co-written thing. It's an interesting take on the memoir. It's co-written by, um, uh, hopefully I say her name right, Chris Christine McKenna. Um, and so basically how it works on the floor over there somewhere uh, fell down, but it uh, she writes as like a traditional biography, like the events and using, uh, there's a lot of interview, like unique interviews conducted. It was a really well-researched book. Um, so she'll give a period of his life and then he'll have a chapter that's not a rebuttal. I think what they started to do was like have him, you know, a, to kind of fact check and stuff. But what it evolved into is that he would write, they would include his response essentially. Uh, so it's this interesting half autobiography, half um, biography that's written by someone else and, and presents other people's sort of perspectives on David Lynch. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I've always been a, a fan of his and uh, it was, uh, I, I like these, there's been a lot of these biographies in the last so many years that I've latched onto and enjoyed as like a window into starting to re-explore people's work. I think one of the first ones I did it with was uh, William Friedkin a few years ago. And then I started to get, watch like, like his films based on that. I think Jewel had one that came out the year after. And um, so I, I don't know. I've been enjoying that sort of thing. There's a uh, Jeff Tweedy has a new one. I like him. I fallen out of touch a little bit with Wilco, but I like the idea. I can use that to jump back in. The boss had one, which will come up again later. Anyway, so I was glad to have this David Lynch one. It's been a window into his previous work. Uh, 
I'm like a, a means for me to revisit it as well. He intrigues me just as a mystery because I just can't. He he is an enigma. Like yeah, he is. He is so kind of much himself. Like the yeah. people like that are are so. Yeah, they're intriguing. I mean, I would argue. <laughs> yeah, but you're a little bit like that. <laughs> you know what, what I mean? Like you are. You're like a, you are a guy who is who he is, and that in your. Yeah. I know that you struggle. We all struggle, but you are comfortable enough in it that it draws people to you. It drew me to you, nonetheless. And uh, any, I don't know. So many, most everyone that we as human beings are drawn to. Part of what you're drawn to is this sense that they have an ease about themselves, if only at times, and if only in certain ways. Yeah. Uh, or like a unique, you know, they're they're distinct, and he is distinct. Uh, he is distinct, that's for sure. <laughs> but not as weird as you would think. Like he is weird, but he has a tremendous capacity for like joy and stuff. I mean, generally his chapters are just like this thing was so beautiful, and he kind of just encourages other people to be creative and they bring a lot to his work it's i, I really think his work is really therapy he only makes it because he's trying to work something out you know like and, well, and honestly he just and, does it for himself like yeah. he, uh, he, and with the, the weird thing about him that i would that i this part i don't relate to he doesn't there's no like analyzation or meaning to any of it well, yeah. not, not that he'll ever tell you <laughs> you know right it's right. like this he just trusts this kind of creative uh, instinct that he has and he doesn't censor it. And that yeah. is really like intoxicating. I, it connects a sort of deep level. When Sometimes. I worked at the theater, there was a hanging up in one of the booths. There was a notice from Mulholland Drive and it was a request from David Lynch. And it said, Dear Projectionists, for any screening of Mulholland Drive, can you please adjust the frame so that it is one? It, he had some weird fraction wow. adjusted up, and he like showed the frame and like where it should be. And can you please bump the volume up to this level? Uh, and he like he had a very specific way he wanted that movie to be watched and. Uh, Man, which is just my, it, it, I mean, but again, like what director does that, you know, like, oh, it's crazy. Freaking kind of did that. I remember when the exorcist, like that was part of his book. He was going around to theaters like back. Cause that was back in the days before like really wide releases. So he could go to a lot of the theaters yeah. and people skimp on the, the brightness of the bulbs and stuff. So he'd be back there with the projectionist, making him turn it up, making him <laughs> project it brightly. Yeah. Those kind of people are so, uh, exciting to read about like what they're what drives them and stuff and so that book is really fun the audiobook is super fun i mentioned on one of the episodes i couldn't quite track down because it was much more of a side topic but he, he i think i mostly listen to it i have the book but i think that his audio version is a little different than his written version especially oh, as awesome. later in the book like he would just get exasperated about things and start talking about transcendental meditation or something <laughs> so, so the audiobook is super fun go to L, um audibletrial.com slash lwsd yeah. get to uh, get that free book on uh on us and um yeah, listen to Room to Dream. So that, but I also I lumped it together with uh, Twin Peaks: The Return, which is essentially Twin Peaks season three, which came out in two thousand seventeen oh, yeah. on Showtime. 
Yeah, but we didn't have Showtime, and so I got the Blu-ray box set and watched it. Actually, with The Bride, which I was surprised, he is not... His sort of approach to things is not up her alley. <laughs> I'll just say that. Yeah. But but I think she's probably intrigued for a lot of the reasons we talk about. And, and not all of his stuff is honestly super great or fun like it doesn't all like really work right always um anyway but the the return twin peaks was it was is different it didn't have the charm of the original twin peaks it's 18 one-hour episodes all directed by david lynch and all co-written by him and the co-creator mark frost which is remarkable yeah um and unusual um yeah, so it's like if you never got into Twin Peaks, like you're not gonna like suddenly love this. But if you were into Twin Peaks and and are curious, it's definitely worth the time. After I finished that, I went back and watched. Um, they, there's this wonderful uh, called the the entire mystery and the missing pieces that came out in 2014. Kind of a little bit, I think, in anticipation of this. Uh, uh, re not reboot, but like jumping back into the series so it's everything there was a theatrical film in 1992 there was a like a prequel to the series called fire walk with me that's part of this and the missing pieces is like 80 minutes of deleted scenes from that feature film that are actually oh. much more in the spirit of the television show and present new parts of this kind of like overarching mystery that is continued <laughs> look at me <laughs> been entertaining this cat like for the last hour uh, uh, so that was fun that was actually the missing pieces is what the sort of mini movie or whatever is called and it it i think premiered in this box set um but is actually sort of the missing piece between that series and the third season which does pick up where the second left off in like 1991 or two anyway i really enjoyed it. i honestly spent a fuck ton of time in in the you town like of three you got like sure. three in there, by the way, because you worked Twin Peaks in there. Yeah, you worked. Oh, no, David a, oh you lumped them all together. That's it's right. A big bundle of just like oh, David I, I forgot all about that. That you, yeah. that you said you were doing that. Oh yeah, and 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 I'll include also the soundtrack to that series. Every episode ends with a almost an entire full music performance in the local bar, and some of the uh, some of the featured acts are uh, Nine Inch Nails. Eddie Vedder, oh, <laughs> um, people of that sort. Um, but it's it's a magnificent soundtrack album. Anyway, I I really I still have some extras to go through on that Twin Peaks um, return box set. I spent so much of my year weekends like in Twin Peaks. And I fucking loved it. <laughs> so That's there you awesome. go. That was, that was kind of a big one, but uh, there you go. Your uh, next. Um, I. I'll do the one that I have lumped together. It's the movie and then the book. And they're so drastically different from each other that they probably could have been two separate things, but ready player one. Um, oh, yes, this year yes. was uh, absolutely awesome. So yeah, I really enjoyed that too. Um, it, it just had a bad rap. I felt like I, it, it did kind of get a bad rap, and I think that was partly because it deviated. You know, it's it, Steven Spielberg took an idea and then made it into a Steven Spielberg movie. So, like, everything's happy. There's it's family friendly, you know, like a lot of that. And uh, the book, there's like, I in the book, there's a point where he's kind of on his, he's gone rogue, he's on his own. 
and he like there's this whole long part about how he like ordered a sex robot and like then he just realized he was because oh, more realistic like, yeah yeah <laughs> like because he in vr the robot could look like anybody he wanted it to look like you know and like oh, and he just realized sense. he was like yeah, and I and I'm like, well, that didn't make it in the movie. The 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 contest was totally different. It, a lot of the stuff was really different. So, um, I think that's part of why it got such a bad rap. But I don't know. I liked the movie. I thought it 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 hit me right. But I mean, I'm easy. Just you know, I like Solo. I'm like the only Star Wars. Fan I like Solo. Solo. I yeah. had no idea anyone had any problem with Solo for a long yeah. time listening for that and i and people fuck. despise it they hate it like they hate that they hate rogue one like they hate episode uh uh the, the last jedi like the like do. i feel like they're just trying to get attention on the internet yeah. <laughs> what's the hate really i, I don't, don't know. know i don't know i don't know i don't get it anyways that's, that's uh, i like both of those yeah. things all three of those things quite yeah. a lot actually <laughs> all right uh what's your next one Okay, uh, my next one is another little bit of a clump, though not as nearly a large one, I suppose. Uh, but it's Nine Inch Nails, uh, their Bad Witch um, EP, which they called an LP, and the Cold and Black and Infinite tour that followed. Um, I, I, it's much more just of a, like, I like, I mean, I don't know if I love that a- album, as they were calling it. It's weird, because it's a trilogy of EPs that in some ways are like, is it's the most like year one is year zero sorry that that yeah like um where it's sort of a fictional almost science fiction type of approach to uh music like um my favorite nine snails is like the really sort of personal part of it but this is somewhere in between and i think the idea was to release an ep each year that really would be what the sum total of an album was with different focuses but what what Trent Reznor was saying basically is that in the streaming culture that we live in, EPs like in your Spotify or whatever, they're going to be prioritized really low. And so he basically just called this last one an LP, a full length album, just so that it wouldn't be put in that <laughs> category. Wow. It's not like it was any shorter or anything, but it's that was kind of interesting. But so the uh, the tr- the concluding piece of this trilogy uh bad witch came out on uh june 22nd which is my dad's birthday awesome um, yo jimbo god break down the door the preview single in which trent reznor sings very much like david bowie i think in in homage to the late great david bowie that single was released on may 17th which is both his birthday trent reznor's birthday and my brother's birthday these are just sort of coincidences oh, no! <laughs> photo in the house um and dude's like 53 now trent Reznor, and and live and such like his voice doesn't have that like crazy searing quality that it did you know 20 years ago (laughs) but the like his intention with behind these projects and the integrity and artistry that he displays as like really just that that is i think why it shows the whole thing not like i don't love bad witch but I, I love that he's out there doing this yeah. in the way that he's doing it. And then the tour, they extended to, like, I don't know, they're just kind of doing, like, they're doing their own thing. Like, like I said, that the 
artistry and stuff of it he's not just trying to cater to anything it's like he has this ability with the status that he's gained over the years to have a career where he can do what he wants which he's kind of always done in this incredibly defiant and exciting way that's like the david lynch thing like you feel like you're getting this direct line to this purity of artistic intent that's super exciting and with nine inch nails there's also this like really aggressive melodic some, my one critique of a lot of this music recently is that it's not it doesn't do that great thing that nine inch nails can do where it combines like experimental really harsh aggressive music with like a pop sensibility these last episodes these last episodes these last uh, eps only one song out of them really has that character to it but but the tour that they mounted the cold black and infinite tour they did it in the most old-fashioned way where you had to go to the venue where the where the concert would take place and get the tickets in person on a specific date and time all the same date so they created this event and they would like wrap the establishments in like branding for the album have listening stations and people queued up and you would like interact with other fans uh, of the of the band and of the music and have this That's awesome experience there's this great like they have a web page for it on their like a sub page on their website where they have, uh, offer a ticket buying experience with quote the potential to be enjoyable and that web page says all kinds of fun things about how this will just give people another thing to bitch about but whatever anyways it was kind of fun and um and th so that was cool the way they did that and then and all of the kind of interviews that they, he did surrounding it were really articulate and inspiring and uh yeah, it's full, filled with this kind of artistic in, intent and execution and sort of clarity of vision, uh, follow through. And then the 40 North American tour dates, um, I wasn't able to go to these, by, by the way. I didn't live in one of the cities and I didn't make it a priority to, to do that. Uh, but I, I followed them online in the set list. There was like seven different songs that opened the tour. So like Nine Inch Nails used to be a super programmed, like they had their show. And it was right. almost identical night to night, almost like theater. And now, like he's just playing all kinds of stuff. So, like they opened the tour playing the entire Broken EP from 1992 in order, um, and just continued to like shake things up night after night, debuting songs like fan favorite songs, like kind of like rare but beloved songs like All That Could Have Been, and The Perfect Drug. Like that was a popular yeah. single once they never played it live. They're just like peppering these shows with all this kind of uh that's awesome. Uh and variety. Then, now is he gonna release these shows out on this is what I hope. So the 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 end of the tour was six shows in LA at the Palladium. <clears throat> and they did this thing where they had a guy a guy called Jonathan, I think Ratch, Rach? I don't know how to say his name. He was the dude behind their closure documentary, which was like the a document of the self-destruct tour that was the downward spiral. Um, so they're like auctioning off photos that he was taking at those shows, but I gotta imagine. And in some of the photos, you can see video cameras. So I'm like, Ooh, I'm really yeah. hoping and there's like cool collaborations. It's just entire approach to things. I mean, the whole career, honestly, but like <clears throat> it, was, it was kind of a cool year for that. Just for really nine. reminds me of the bootleg tour that uh, Pearl Jam went on. That, yeah, they ultimately then, that they ultimately then released every one of those shows as yes, a bootleg yeah. you know um and they had that video uh touring band 2000 that they made themselves yeah, yeah. Like a selection of stuff from all the 
Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so, that was a, obviously a big, big group as well. But my uh, my last three, counting uh, Ready Player One are movies. So uh, the next one was uh, Quiet Place. Just because yes, I was wondering that when I came up earlier, I remember how yeah. much you liked it. I'm wondering if that's one of the yeah. Well, and it wasn't just to just because the movie was. I mean, it it like the Blair Witch. It was just a a different kind of horror movie that just it was in a in a, a such a dry period of time movie wise. Anyways, that there was this horror movie that used silence to terrify you and and use quietness and it was the most it was a movie theater going experience um that uh are so few and far between anymore uh going to the theater um where i felt like everybody in the theater was into it and and you know, you had to be quiet. I remember not wanting to eat like my snacks just because yeah. like they were crinkly, you know, and stuff like that. So killed by the things. <laughs> yeah. And, and so there was that aspect of it. And then I remember how much it impacted me. And then Ash getting taken up by the story and then finally convincing her to watch it. And then we did a quiet place episode with Ash on her reflection on that. Um, it just, uh, it just all around was. We'll see you, Double D. Always nice. <laughs> that early morning happy. tomorrow, Long Walkers. He's taking <laughs> off. Ah, uh, come in. Give it a little closer. Yeah. Episode fifty-three. That's the uh, we call it an Ash Place, and that's when Ash Palmer's yeah. uh, wife joins us to talk about a quiet place and Black Klansman. Yes. Yeah, and we ended up talking more about Quiet Place and not giving really that good of a such a great movie with Black Klansman. We didn't it didn't get as much of a do. So uh but yeah, I, I, I just liked all of that. How I had a good interaction with it on my own, and then how Ash and I were able to bond over it ultimately even culminating to coming on the show to talk about it. Uh it was just a great it was the that kind of movie that even if it's not necessarily like going to make my top five, it's that kind of movie that like, that's the kind of movies that you want every one of them to be like, you know, like you want to, you want to have that kind of experience with every movie like that. Yeah, so. that was, I remember that being what I felt at the time, certainly, which is not long ago. And I don't, I certainly wouldn't say it has been surpassed the most sort of tense I've ever been in a movie. Yeah. Theater. Was it? Was it really, yeah, I, I considered that one certainly. It, it was more of like that. I had to yeah, had that criteria. I was like, well, I do. I think of this so fondly that I like can't wait to get back. And I was like, oh, I guess not. I was. I didn't think long about. It. I was trying to move quickly. Oh yeah, no, sure. I, I really, really like that movie too. What's your little bit of that thing with John Krasinski for a while? <laughs> and, oh yeah, uh, and I think it went away. It's got it's gone away. Even with the Jack Rich. I'm excited stuff. for the sequel. He's working on the sequel. I heard so. No, I, that's I, I quite a bit. Call it up. So. I'm sure. Can. Um, so I will do uh, another uh, sort of group. It's really just one thing. Uh, the the Trust Obey Fear and Bullets reissues. Um, it fell down. I wonder if I can reach it. Oh. 
Okay. Trust Obey was the uh, musical collaboration between James Obar, the creator and uh, author of The Crow, and his friend John Bergen. And it's basically a soundtrack to that comic book um, that in honor of the 25th anniversary of this collaboration, they released a vinyl LP, uh, a Devil's Night Special Edition that came out on Enjoy the Ride Records uh, on October 30th of this year. And as we talked about earlier, I have a long and storied history with uh, this property. And this was a, I'm not sure how I discovered this, but it was a little bit by happenstance because I was observing the 20th anniversary of my home video adaptation of that same comic book. Um, And so we have an episode, uh, that uh, an extra episode that I created, which is kind of a clip show of the times on this show where we talk about that movie that I made with uh, our buddy Jacko. Um, that's LWSD episode 57, James Obar's The Crow. And, um, yeah, so the, but, but not only did the, the guy, John, and, and at one point in time, which we talk about at great length, that thing, John Bergen, the, the creative force behind the Trust Obey, um, uh, project, he allowed us, Jacko and I, to rescore our movie using this music, like sanctioned. Oh. And, but ultimately, yeah, Miramax Films says you can't have a movie adaptation of this kind of property right. out in the world. This was like, you know, 20 years ago. I think probably now we could get away with it, but now I don't want to embarrass my friends. So what you can see of it, including like a 30-minute um, documentary about the making of our movie, featuring a lot of behind-the-scenes footage and stuff, you can see in LWSD 57 and only there. I did hear this really, because of the unboxing video I did of this album, the Fear and Bullets uh, vinyl, I heard from someone who bought my movie back in 1998 or 9 on VHS, who now lives in Australia. This really long, wonderful email that caused me... So like this this and the VHS, like I just fell down this rabbit hole, but I have, I have these binders, like I have all these... And I have so many like incredible emails from the early days of the internet of people like saying like, I saw your movie because I sent it to them. And, and yeah. they're like made me cry and I was like oh my god it's like no wonder I spent so much time I was getting so much positive feedback yeah. after four years like making the thing anyway it was really cool to hear from this person um, uh, who has a kind of a convoluted or like changes his name I think it goes by maybe AJ I'll call him AJ uh, but that was so nice to hear and he came to the whole thing like re- re-engaged because of the uh, unboxing video that's on our YouTube channel and actually, John Bergen, the, you know, who I'd interact with before, but like the guy who created it all, he retweeted the unboxing video saying it was like a really nice, uh, brief history of the many versions of this project. Yeah. <laughs> because he released like a his 1991 demo, the 1994 edition that came out with the graphic novel <laughs> around the time the movie came out, and then the standalone at so many versions. Anyway. Uh, I spent and then I spent some time like doing a comparative spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I probably spent like an hour doing it. Uh of um what are the differences in these versions? Cause I even have like I made a soundtrack album that because oh, it's such a long fucking story. Listen to Long Walk Short Drink episode 57 if you're interested to hear more about all this. But I the kind of revisiting all this material was fun for me. And uh yeah, that's one of my top 10 things from the year. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. Do you have All one right. more? Yeah, my last one. You got one more? 
have one more, yeah. Yeah. All right. So my last one, and this is probably not going to be. A, I hope it's not a surprise, but it's Mandy. It's going to be. I was Mandy. hoping that would be in there. Yeah. It's I'm always going to be Mandy. Uh, such a long walk, short drink movie. I mean, because we had one of our earliest episodes was Beyond the Black Rainbow. Yes. Yes. Where we talked about that. And then, so I remember like a year before this movie came out, the trailer existed and I sent the trailer out to the group thread and said, you know, this is from the guy that directed, uh, beyond the black rainbow, but it's a supposed it's touted as the movie that's going to like bring Nick cage back on top. And, uh, I there was one theater around that was having it and it ended up being that like special showing that was followed by that Q and a led by Kevin Smith. Uh, so all of that. And then it just, Oh man, God damn. It's just such a great, fantastic movie that is just so different than anything else that came out this year. And I loved it. It, it just made an impact on me. And it was one of those movies that like, I, I mean, I did not know who to recommend it to just didn't. Uh, and at the same time, like, I don't know. Yeah, we were, we, I, I don't, I, well, I guess we didn't talk about it with other cast members, but we talked about it on episode, definitely episode 55. It's in the name. Along with yeah. And I think maybe probably I'm guessing 54 before that. Cause I hadn't seen it when you first talked about it. And then in 55, I, I had, and I, yeah, I totally, totally dug it. And, I, and I'm sure we'll revisit it uh, in the future. And I'm awfully glad it was one of you. Yeah. And just like Nick Cage's performance and the colors and the like directing and the guy that played Silas was amazing. And uh, the score was fantastic. And yeah, that goddamn so- Q&A with Kevin Smith was fantastic. And like the director is just seems like this guy that you just want to be friends with who has this like amazing, like this very, very, very impressive talent that is backed by absolutely no confidence is the impression you get of this poor guy. Very self-depreciating. Yeah. More insular. Like he's kind of got this almost like hunched. um, Yeah uh shyness about his the way he physically carries himself where like the q a is hosted by kevin smith who is super self-depreciating but at the same time he's got his own confidence right probably right. career that he, he's been able to have but that's yeah i feel like the kevin smith self-depreciation is like that's part of his shtick he actually yeah. like it's a front so that he doesn't come off as arrogant i feel I like sometimes right. you yep. know like because yeah. he's fully confident of himself yep. And, <laughs> whereas like uh is his name panos cosmatos is panos that- cosmatos yeah like uh panos reminds me of like the kid that's in this like the back of the room that's like hunched over a fantasy novel and like not really paying attention but like he's the like the uh james of uh, uh, <laughs> you mean from rhs <laughs> yeah yeah uh, from rhs like He's that guy. That's who he reminds me of. Like he could answer if the teacher called on him to try to like, you know, embarrass him in front of everybody. 
he could like teach what the lesson on what's being like covered but he's not gonna like he doesn't look like he could you know he's sitting back there just like reading his book and trying to ignore everybody yeah uh so yeah just like that was very endearing for me to watch that interview and 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 to see nick cage i i mean it it reaffirmed that like nick cage you know he just makes poor choices poor poor like project choices maybe or yeah, but he's one of those guys that commits like a hundred percent. Yeah, and, yeah, that, and and so and sometimes that committal or that commitment does not it's not understood by everybody, even the people that are making the film. You know, so like yeah. Nick Cage understands it, and that's all that matters to Nick Cage. Right. Yeah, one movies like a lot of times the, the thing you hear is that are people making the same film, like because the tone and all that may be hard to grasp like as you're doing it piecemeal and i think for nick cage he is always making like he balls out like really intense choices about things yeah, yeah. and so like in a movie where what was the wicker man thing that we watched maybe at that yeah. one point where, where he's getting devoured by bees like they're telling him like you're getting stung to death by bees and so for nick cage like he's going all out yeah. like, the movie he's, he's getting making, stung to death oh, by bees yeah, yeah. yeah. The way that they put it together kind of didn't make him come across well but like his right. part of it he's yeah he's the force of nature and they use that to great effect in man yeah. like that 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 is such an awesome movie that i yeah yeah love but, it yeah i would have put it myself but i'm still a little scared of it, i guess <laughs> yeah no that's understandable and so all right what's your last one buddy my last one is uh came out at the end of the year and is springsteen on broadway uh, all right. I was able to score tickets for the bride and I to see the traveling production of Hamilton, which I surprisingly really dug. Um, but I was not, we were not able to get tickets to Springsteen's run on Broadway. Um, and on, so he, it was a 236 show. I think it was extended three times. Um, the run of it, uh, 236 show residency that went for over a year, five days a week in this 975 seat theater in New York city. Um, and uh, it's basically it it's been characterized as a little bit as like an adaptation of his born to run autobiography sure that's it's a little bit more than that in some ways it's like a really long or it's like a really um thought through storytellers you know like that vh1 show or something where sure basically he'll he, a selection of his songs played by him solo on acoustic guitar or piano it's a one-man show though it's like and so he but, and it's got a structure. It's not like a play, but it is. Yeah, I would have very scripted. Um, and so he takes you through his life and career using these songs as anchors, and he gives these songs like a very particular, uh, deliberate context. And uh, yeah, I mean, I thought I would love it. I did love it. It's on Netflix. Uh, they it came out on Netflix on uh, the day after the residency closed on December fifteenth. So like the as soon as it was no longer on Broadway, it began being on Netflix and was released also as a thirty-five track, you know, two and a half hour album with each of the intros to the songs or kind of the monologues have their own tracks. Which very funnily enough, like I did myself, unbeknownst that that was what the boss was doing. <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> Cafe uh, four thirty eight track, uh, Cafe Days, which you can find on David Allman dot net, <laughs> uh, my own music. But, um, but it makes I mean like this this 
this representation and contextualization of his music really gets at like why I dig this guy. And I didn't always love Bruce Springsteen. I always got at the idea that I would like him based on his passion and kind of a lot of those same things with the Trent Reznor in terms of like this artistic intent. And, um, and I, I came to realize later and it's really well articulated in this uh, piece. Like uh, he is actually actively he, or he came to very early in his career, actively infusing his music with what I look for in music, which is something to help me make sense of my life and who I am and like how I fit into the world and how I feel about things. And then when I came to make my own music, that became a big part of it too and why I would make my music and what I would be looking to try to find through my own writing and stuff. And so I, um, I really like how he got at that. Um, the intro to Dancing in the Dark, which is a, his like most commercial pop hit, um, which has these oddly subversive lyrics that came from a point in time in his life that are much darker than the pop song would lead you to believe, um, really gets at it. And if we had done other clips of stuff, I'd probably go out on a clip of the two and a half minutes of him leading up to the song. But since we haven't, I don't think I will. I will instead direct folks to... I don't have an episode where I talk about this, um, but I do make an annual mix album of the songs. Basically, the same approach that we're taking to the year as a whole of media. I have taken that approach to making like a mixtape of songs for the last 15 years. Uh, and so if you go to davidallman.net slash 2018 mix, you can hear my mix for this year. And uh, there's like a three song. It's like the intro to Dancing in the Dark dancing in the dark and it's like one of the few times where he just goes into another song which happens to be the land of hope and dreams and his intro to that really articulates like in his words a lot of what i'm saying and, and why i'm really drawn to him as a performer um the one critique i will give of that show is that while it does it's like the musical performances what i think it is i think they're super focused on the lyrics in the context of the story he's telling because he doesn't like it's almost like he's playing guitar just it doesn't have like a rhythm to it oh, <laughs> and maybe yeah. it's because i am a solo performer i have been i think but i really think especially him being who he is he's making a conscious choice to use the guitar in a kind of a different way so that you're more focused on the lyrics than you are like the music and stuff anyway yeah. so it's weird like they aren't my favorite performances of any of those songs yeah but the whole of it in the way that it sort of tells his life story and contextualizes his music um i couldn't be happier with so that is my final one that is awesome that is all this has been super fun i'm so glad Absolutely. To be back. <laughs> yeah and we're like almost uh, for us we're early because the you know the goal is always 11 and it's not even a quarter after yet. So, and I mean, we were going until 12 or later. So, we're relatively early. So, that was 2018, man. Hey, shit, that year felt forever. It just took forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, uh, and uh, well, full disclosure, I, my bladder's about to burst. So, do you want to, do you want to take a, yeah, or just wrap? Yeah. I would let's say, wrap. Uh, let's next time get into like what what we would personally and respectively personally hope Goals? to get out of 2019. Yeah. All um, right. Well, and um, other stuff. Obviously, <laughs> I when I talk to Jackson, he's like, "Yeah, I listen to long walk, short drinks sometimes, but I'm always like, I would listen to it on this drive that I have that's about an hour. This, 
and you would never get to the thing you were going to talk about. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't. <laughs> oh, in the we don't. second half <laughs> of the oh, three hour show. <laughs> and Logan's on next episode, so we'll talk yeah. about goals, and we'll have Logan on ne- next yeah, time on the twenty third. Ask him about uh, his goals. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about what Logan's goals are, and uh, this episode. If you're listening to this and you're not watching it right now, it's the 16th or at least the 16th because this will come out on the um, audio. The stripped down audio version will come out on the 16th. We'll record that. Talk about 2019's goals on the 23rd then. Yes. And then follow them up with our action steps week to week, how we're going towards them. If If you want to share your goals with us, you could write to us at... uh, lwsdpod at gmail.com or find yep. us on twitter at lwsdpod uh you could write to us individually if god forbid you'd want to do that yeah, <laughs> um, don't do that i don't even know what those addresses are actually i forget yeah. wsd dave or something uh, if, that. if this is your first time head over to our youtube channel uh search long walk short drink on youtube and uh, do us a favor and subscribe there uh, we are about 25, 26 people away from getting our unique URL, which would be, we've been working on that goal since the beginning. And man, when we hit it, that's going to be amazing. A hundred subscribers. That's awesome. So uh, uh, make sure you subscribe, make sure you ring the bell. So you get notified every time we go live uh, or make a post, um, head to audibletrial.com slash LWSD download uh, Greg Sisteros, uh inside the room yeah the disaster artist uh download the stephen king's pet cemetery read by michael c hall or or dexter uh if you don't know who that is uh listen to unfuck yourself a bunch of good stuff uh go to audibletrial.com slash lwsd uh and finally you said the twitter you said the email i think that's it yeah, yeah. Everything? Yeah. The start Thanks. to another great year. Yeah. Another, so. 2019 episode 61 in the can. We maintained around like five viewers. We were up to seven at one point. I oh, think Double D sent us a picture. Uh, thank you so much for those of you that stuck around with us. Ro, it was so great seeing you. I'm oh. glad you found us. We're looking forward to uh, you. We have you on maybe after Logan uh, episode some, some point in time. Uh, But yeah, thanks so much, guys, and uh, cheers, long walkers, right? Cheers, long walkers. This peach, your peaches to you. Yeah, Yeah, water. Uh, Adios, everyone. Have a great evening. Go pee, buddy. Be well, my friend. Yeah.